Welcome to the Who Move My Freedom podcast. Of course, I am your host, Hank Strange. Um, let's see here. Yeah, uh, what the heck just happened? Okay. <laughs> All right. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Listen, let me start off this way. Let me remind you guys to go to, to HankStrange.com, sign up for the email list, look around. Lola's got Lola's deals on there. She's always sharing of deals that she spends a lot of time finding and sharing that with you guys. You can also sign up for U.S. Law Shield. This is the Florida gun law book here since uh, Puerto Rican Pistolero and myself. Let me see if I can get that. Puerto Rican Pistolero and myself are mm -hmm. here in Florida. Lola and I are members of U.S. Law Shield. You guys can sign up. Uh, save some money if you're doing an annual plan and a, a couple of little shekels coming our direction. So, you know, um, that's the, Hey, that's a good thing. We, we appreciate it over here. Okay. So I want, I want to let everyone know about this. Ladies and gentlemen, my fellow Americans, I join you tonight from a bunker in a van above ground outside of my house, uh, to make this <laughs> solemn announcement. Aliens are real. Uh, Rolando, Ooh. I don't know if you've heard this yet. Apparently aliens are real. Uh, uh, President Obama all but confirmed that. So I don't know what other kind of confirmation the world needs. Uh, they're real. They're our overlords. And the Who Moved My Freedom podcast is the number one Second Amendment podcast in the universe. <laughs> da, da, da. You know, and then, if, you know, I mean, look, we got, you know, we got to give some some love, right, to locked and loaded Latinos also. You know I appreciate I mean? it. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Um, you Every know, Sunday at seven o'clock. Yeah, a close number two, a close number two. <laughs> well, you you put in the work, Hank. We're we're only doing it one day a week, so. Uh, yeah, I want to see those numbers go up. Too. You guys need to smash the subscribe button right here. I'm not signed in. That's the reason why it looks like I'm not subscribed, but I am. You guys should all mm -hmm. get subscribed to Locked and Loaded Latinos. The aliens are also afraid of Locked and Loaded Latinos. It, it's weird. It's weird how that works, Rolando. It's because uh, uh, they know uh, they know that we know what they're up to. <laughs> right, right, mm -hmm. right. Okay, so listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into the open of the show here. I do want to um, I do want to remind everyone that uh, Harry's Holsters is a sponsor of this show. They make awesome Kydex holsters. You guys should check them out. I think you can use the code Hank Strange save yourself ten percent off. All that kind of good stuff. We're gonna get into it right now. Let's smash the open. Welcome back. The Hanks All right, guys, situation. make sure you hit that Lifestyle subscribe button, smash those moment. thumbs ups, ring the bell, ring the bell, ding-a-ling-a-ling. Uh, where's my, hold on, I thought I had a bell. Uh, oh, here we go, here we go. Ring the bell. <laughs> so, so you can be nice. notified. I know, that's like, uh, I gotta get a better bell than that. I gotta get a better bell. Uh, so you guys can be notified when we go live. Uh, it's just me and you right now, Rolando. Let's get the jazz hands going. There we go. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. Tonight, this is episode 769 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. My guests are Rolando, the Puerto Rican Pistolero. What's up? How's it going, Hank? Always a pleasure Good. to be here. Yes, always a pleasure to have you here. The one person. See, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. We're number one according to the alien overlords, but you got the sexiest voice, man. I'll give you that. Oh, yeah. thank you, thank you. I appreciate oh, it. Yeah, <laughs> I know that. Uh, I know that my wife, uh, Latina Locked and Loaded, jo Johanna, for everybody out there, mm -hmm. uh, told me that the first time that 
uh, we spoke on the phone. She was like, oh, yeah, I think I think uh, <laughs> it was over. <laughs> she's like, I think this this is going to move in a good direction. Oh, <laughs> she's like this bodes well. So have, you been so used, so have you been using your have you been using that voice for evil? <laughs> is that, yeah. uh, no, it's you know, it's funny. I, I always tell this story that uh-huh. uh, in middle school, there was this other dude. His name was Andrew, and he had like a very deep, gravelly voice like mine. Mm-hmm. And if we uh, if we just kind of like speak normally, it becomes mm-hmm. like really monotone and, and it gets really low and you don't have to make any effort. Mm-hmm. But most people can't hear you when you speak this way and it mm-hmm. sound it has no inflection. Mm-hmm. So he and I would like speak in opposite sides of the classroom and our English teacher would go nuts because all she would hear <laughs> is like the reverberation like, and she oh. wouldn't know which one of us it is because it's so deep. Yeah, that it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter which one of us was speaking. So that was yeah. pretty funny. But uh, so yeah, that, I guess that's the extent of the evil that I've used it for. Everyone's got to have superpowers, man. You know, you got to use mm-hmm. it. Uh, by the way, we should be having Javier of HTX Tactical. Um, I think he's going to be joining us. So, um, you know, they, he might be wrapping up stuff at the store. I'm not exactly sure, but he should be joining us here um, shortly. Cool. So you guys will see him. Hopefully, uh, Kathleen Music Lover says the bell sucks. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and oh, and Vanessa Kitty says melty sounding voices are nice. Oops, the ones that melt your heart. Oh, look at that you know. Uh, so there you go. Uh, DCG forty four says aliens has a different meaning when you live on the border. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how that's true. Um, I guess you mm-hmm. know. Um. You know, but yeah, I mean, how long do you think it's going to be before they just fess up? Well, it's weird because obviously I think I, I think that there are aliens out there and everything like that. But I feel like the the timing on all this seems a little bit convenient. Mm-hmm. So either they're trying to uh, prepare us for what's going on or it's a smoke screen and there's other things. Yeah, that distraction. They don't want to get to. Yeah. So yeah. they they're like, hey, uh Everything is falling apart all around you, but hey, there's aliens out there, so check that out. That's pretty cool. Don't pay attention to the inflation or the economy or yeah. or anything like that. So, Yeah, that's a good point, and I think uh, um, I heard that. By the way, Richard Mondo says, I like the hat, Puerto Rican Pistolero. Oh, well, thank um, you, thank you. Yeah, you want to – here, show off the hat. Let's see. Let's get it. Make taxation theft again. Ba-ba-ba. Yes. Yeah, from uh, thebestpoliticalhats.com. Oh, Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of that distraction is being used. For example, I was looking at something, I think maybe, let's say like Fox or something like that, where they were talking about um, all these uh, activist uh, corporations, right, that are jumping mm-hmm. on all kinds of bandwagons. And why are they jumping on the bandwagons? Because they're trying to distract from the crap that they have going on. Yeah. yeah and yeah. a lot of them, I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's consequences to the way that uh, you know, my generation came up, you know, I'm, I'm 34 right now. So millennials are slightly older than me. And then down to, I guess, uh, late twenties or mid twenties right now. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the core of all the people that are going into the workforce or that have, are starting to get positions of power right now. And they're having a lot of influence and, you know, they're, they're taking over these corporations or they're having a lot of influence in these corporations. I mean, obviously Zuckerberg is a millennial, uh, he controls Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Dorsey with Twitter, even though he's not like a majority owner. He's basically the puppet or the face of Twitter. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there are already millennials that are in positions of power that are having a lot of influence on the culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I think that this is just the inevitability of the chickens coming home to roost. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of people say different things like you're starting to see it's pretty scary how the wokeness is embedding everywhere. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. talked about like the uh, army commercials or the CIA commercials. I haven't seen them. You've seen them. No, no. Yeah. Where are these uh, things? Uh, you can probably look them up like woke CIA commercial and things okay. like that. But, you know, what, it, it goes what are they down. Showing? To... What are they showing in the. <laughs> well, OK, so the CIA commercial basically talks about a woman and she's she's Hispanic. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But they emphasize her race almost over everything. And then they talk about how she's diagnosed with like anxiety disorder and all this stuff. And, you know, all these things. I'm like, this isn't what exactly is building. This isn't building confidence in the CIA for me. What? So they're trying wait, to say wait, like wait, the CIA is this warm and fuzzy inclusive place. Wait, so the CIA see. wants uh let like Latino women that are insecure have anxiety or, or, disorder. Or, or, what yeah. does that what does that mean? Yeah, and then the who was uh, the CIA going after? Well, uh, <laughs> who are see, they trying to infiltrate if that's what they're Well, know? here's the thing. I don't know I've heard two different points. Somebody brought up the first point is Okay, they're just trying to they've Mm -hmm. been infiltrated by like the progressives or they're down with the wokeness. And this is going to be the way that they're just an instrument Mm -hmm. of of, the you know, of the of the government. So they're going to push the propaganda that the CIA, that's what they do. Mm -hmm. The other point that somebody brought is, is it possible because the army has a a commercial where it starts animated, which is really weird. And you don't know it's an army commercial. You think Mm -hmm. it's like some kids commercial or like some inspirational like it's a it's a girl and talking about her life and then all of a sudden it goes like well her mom married like another woman and it was like okay this is weird i thought it was for a college to be honest with you mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like oh and then that inspired me to give me the strength to join the u.s army and i was like what what is it what i don't understand and then uh it was just so crazy and it's like either they're pushing this and those institutions that we thought were, well, the CIA, you could never trust, but the military was kind of an institution that at least conservatives or, or constitutionalists always believed in. It was kind of mm-hmm. like the last institution. So either they've finally taken it over mm-hmm. and they're just purging everybody now, mm-hmm. or they feel that the population itself has become so woke that mm-hmm. the only way that they can get anybody now is that they have to cater to the wokeness. So it's yeah. either one is either they're feeding the wokeness and they're going for the kill or the wokeness permeated through the culture so heavily now that they're like, well, they think this is the way we, it we should know, be. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, they're like the conservative people know they don't trust the government anymore. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to join these things anymore. Mm-hmm. So who's left? It's all these woke kids. So, I mean, what are we going to do? We can't show them the masculine stuff like we're going to go out and you're going to fly jets and use tanks and and go overseas and fight for freedom. Or you're going to infiltrate our enemies, you know, and and infiltrate Mm -hmm. the Chinese and take over and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. No, now they have to cater to wokeness because they know those people traditionally, they'll be like, ew, I don't believe in violence. I don't do all that stuff. Yeah. So it could be one or the other. And and I actually didn't think about the second one, that maybe the culture is so gone that they're like, mm-hmm. well, now we have to cater to these people because mm-hmm. we know that the conservatives don't believe in us anymore. So who's going to join? It's going to be these people. So we might as well just get with the program and cater to them. Mm-hmm. So, or like I said, they, they, want, they want everybody to be woke and then yeah. they can take over that way. Yeah, so. let's encourage everyone out there. Show your unwokeness by smashing the thumbs ups. You know, to indicate to us that you are unwoke. 
uh, this is Wednesday night of the living unwoke. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, we should make that. We should make that a thing. Unwoke Wednesdays. How about that? Unwoke I like it. Wednesdays. Let me text that to Lola. <laughs> yeah, Kathleen says uh, in the chat, she's like, uh, woke people act like they belong in a cult. And that's another thing that's true. I think it's kind of become uh, wokeism has become like a secular religion. So religion is like slowly died in this country. You know, whether you want to believe, you know, whatever you believe or not, um, whether it's religion or like a standard moral code or a fiber, that kind of Mm -hmm. moral contract that kind of, you know, we share as a culture that's kind of died off. Mm -hmm. So there's a vacuum for that. And wokeness is kind of picked up on that. Mm -hmm. And you can see how they are. They they all. You know, when you see the protests and things like that or people uh, like Antifa going out there and causing issues, they always have their chance. So that's almost like, you know, when you go to church and you have like a holy hymn or something like that. So they have their chance. They have their go to things. They have original sin, which is racism. And and, uh, that's irredeemable. So you always have to go to that. That's the original sin that you always must repent for Mm -hmm. uh, and that the U.S. can never get get past. And uh and if you don't stand for that, they basically excommunicate you from society. So they'll cancel mm-hmm. you. They'll basically call you a heretic, you know, so you'll be called a racist and, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So it's pretty close to like a culture. I would say it's almost a religion at this point because it's getting or it's institutionalized. So a cult is usually like a fringe thing. It's, a, it's like a few thousand people over here, a few hundred. And it's not that organized or it's just its own thing. A religion is an institution. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like accepted. So I think mm-hmm. this is becoming an institution or at least it's attempting to take over the institutions and supplant mm-hmm. them. But I, I mean, I've been seeing a lot more pushback lately. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. I, have you seen it? I saw Disney lost a lot of money. Uh, um, lately, or they I think there was, yeah, I, I think there is pushback and I think um, companies are losing money and going through things. I was I think like Nike, all these companies are going through things. What I was going to say is I think a lot of this is because of who the advertising companies are, right? Yeah. So the people running the advertising companies, um, this is pretty much how they think. And so when they get their hands on this money, this is the direction that they go in. Because who is the CIA really recruiting? Who's the CIA working against? How is it going to benefit the CIA to have like someone who's nervous or whatever it is working over there at the CIA. Maybe, you know, maybe they're, maybe the whole mission statement there is to, I, I think at the end of the day, that's just thinking too deep. I think the the fact of the matter is the people um, that are behind the advertising agencies are the, this is how these people think. And mm-hmm. that's ultimately what we have to work with. Now, of course, CIA, the army, whoever's hiring them, they're somehow supposed to be in charge of these marketing plans and they're going on going along with it it obviously indicates to you where they're at and we should all be worried when um when the when the army and when the cia and other organizations like that are getting political in what they're doing it's it's more worrying to me than um when it's usually the a bad sign yeah, when corporations are doing it, uh, you know, it's all bullshit. No one really believes yeah. the corporations, but when CIA is doing if, it, yeah. yeah, if the money dries up, the corporations will become conservative all of a sudden if that's where the money's at. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and they don't care about regulations because they, they know that with regulation comes protection for their monopoly. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's like if you play a game with the state, we'll make regulations. Yeah, you might pay more taxes, mm-hmm. even though these guys never really pay taxes. It's all a lie. 
But uh, they're like, well, you might pay more taxes, but essentially you're going to make sure that there are regulations that small companies that want to start up have no chance of breaking through. So that's mm -hmm. worth paying some tax money because we're basically mm -hmm. paying to eliminate competition. So I, mm -hmm. I can do, I can live with that. That's protection money from yeah. the government. So the go government's like a mafia and they're like, okay, we'll shake down the little guys. You guys work with us. We work mm -hmm. with you. Hey, it's all good. Yeah. So, well, definitely you politicians are working like a mafia. Let me get this oh, out yeah. from Flying Rich. You gave us some money. Money, here. money, 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 money. <laughs> he wants to know if Rolando says, is Rolando going to IV 8888? So that's no, happening no. this weekend. Not this year. I didn't know how to how to get in on the cool kids list. So Hank will, yeah. Hank will tell me next year. So it's too yeah. short uh, for, for us to go this time. But yeah, one especially thing, since I, we got Katie's thing next week. So yeah. Absolutely. Understood. I mean, ultimately, we can't go to everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I feel that way. Like, I can't go to everywhere and do everything in uh, like inside of our particular world. I definitely can't do it. There's so many different things. You know, you have to take time off. Like for you guys as a husband and wife, you realize that you have to have mm -hmm. the time off. Your wife has to have the time off. Same thing goes for me and Lola. Otherwise, I'm rolling by myself, yep. you know. Um, but what I was going to say, though, in regards to the IV-8888 thing, maybe one of the misconceptions out there about it, about the range day, the Iraq veteran range day, is that you have to, um, you know, that it's like, an, maybe people think it's like an elite thing and blah, blah, blah. It really isn't. I mean, if uh, Flying Rich is going there, then it's not for the elites. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, <laughs> no offense, Rich. <laughs> You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so the thing, the thing is, is that um, you know the IV eighty eight crew really do have that open to people, to folks out there who are in the gun community and doing social media. That's really what it's intended for. So, I don't mm -hmm. think it would be difficult for you to get in. If I knew that you guys were interested, like you're, you know, like we're talking about here, I would definitely uh, do something to make an intro or whatever. Um, I think there's even like a Facebook group or something and all you really have to do is just talk to Brandy and say, hey, this is what I do, you know, um, and that's what it is. So I, I would say just as long as you're not like inventing, doing a social media thing so you could go to that event, if you're actually out there doing stuff, these guys are mm -hmm. pretty open and happy to have you there. I mean, like cool. Flying Rich is the poster child. If they let Flying Rich's crazy ass into that event, I mean, you know. It's a, it's a low bar for entry. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Rich. Yeah, he says what? <laughs> there you go. You know. That's funny. Yeah, um, that's one guy you're not going to see. And then, you know, look, right, I think Rich is a good dude. You know, he's definitely part of our of our circle over here. But you know, mm -hmm. he's not the gun numilati. What 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 do they even call? Is what's the thing for that? I don't even know. The, the Illuminati. Huh. Galuminati, I don't know. Galuma, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's the thing, but he's definitely not in the upper crust of the uh, gun people. I'm not either, for that matter. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I don't think you guys are. Most of the folks out there are not. So, um, I think it's a good cross section. I don't get to really. I don't go there every year. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, let's see. What is this? CJ says, did you guys hear about Pentagon releasing info about having mm -hmm. over 60,000 military personnel for the past eight years? Secret military. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically scrubbing over like social media and, and things like that. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard that the uh, the new sec def, he's got like a basically a, a czar of wokeness. I forgot what the official title is. Mm. Um, and he essentially had comments pretty much. It's like, oh, and, uh, Trump is a racist and anybody mm. that supported him is a racist. And this guy is basically going to outsource because the government, the federal government can't do this legally because of the First Amendment. They can't, mm. you know, go after your freedom of expression. Um, and and spy on you in that way. So they're having like a third party company basically scrub through military um, social media, mm-hmm. and they're gonna purge people that way. Yeah, and because it's a private company, they'll yeah. be able to get away with it. And I was like, that's just such BS. Like that shouldn't matter. Yeah, didn't they like kick? The, didn't they kick the guy that's uh, running at least some commander of Space Force? Didn't they kick him out? Yeah, he was a lieutenant colonel. Yeah, he was lieutenant colonel for Space Force, and then he self-published a book. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I don't know if he gave him a heads up before he did it, but mm-hmm. he self-published a book, uh, basically talking about how the uh, critical race theory and and the critical theory, not just race theory, mm-hmm. uh, uh, was basically Marxist teachings, and it was infiltrating the military, and it was going to be the downfall of the military. Mm-hmm. And then he went on a podcast, I guess, to promote the book and talked about it. And they asked him. Uh, he was he used to be a fighter pilot. And then I guess he transferred over to the Space Force when the Space mm-hmm. Force came to be. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he was a lieutenant com- uh, colonel for one of the, I guess, one of the ballistic missile um, mm-hmm. uh, commands or something like that. Yeah. And I don't know a lot about this critical race theory nonsense. Uh, I, I did look it up. It's I don't know how much the folks out there know about it, to be honest with you. Um, this is some kind of like uh, a new thing that people have been out there pushing, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's almost like let's see, let's see if we can uh, let's see if we can pull. And this is from Google that I'm pulling this up for anyone. Yeah, there. so critical, be careful with that. <laughs> yeah, critical race theory is an academic movement of civil rights scholars and activists in the United States who seek to critically examine the law as it intersects with issues of race and to challenge mainstream liberal approaches to racial justice. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I looked it up, or when I've looked at people talking about this, the people, the folks who believe in it, there's a lot of crazy things, like uh, America started in 1619 or some some nonsense like that. Um, I guess it's trying to say that America was founded on racism and yada, yada, yada. I mean, it, we, that, yeah, that's critical race theory. It really mm-hmm. goes to critical theory because now critical race theory is kind of like the, 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 I guess the one faction of it or whatever, uh, subdiscipline of it, mm-hmm. uh, of it. It really almost has to do with like deconstructing anything. Uh, uh, it's a theory that that seeks to give social agents a critical purchase on what's normally taken for granted and promotes that development of a mm-hmm. free and self-determining society by dispelling the illusions of ideology. So, yeah, pretty much it, it tries to break and deconstruct mm-hmm. everything. So, you know, mm-hmm. with critical race theory, you try to find the core of like why there's inequality, things like this, what you mm-hmm. can do about it and how you can repent for it. Then there's uh, critical gender theory. Uh, and that kind of goes further into the trans issue and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a deconstruction of of what we hold true in Western society. Yeah, uh, is, is really what it gets down to, and that's why it's so destructive. Yeah, I mean, uh, and it's it goes not, down it's, to Marxism. It does because yeah. it, it it tries to eliminate that. Uh, it tries to ultimately deconstruct and say that there's no differences between everybody, uh, anybody. Mm-hmm. And it goes towards, you know, how do you get to that through equity and all that mm-hmm. stuff? 
Yeah. So it's not something that's worth, uh, you know, even deep diving into what it means. It's just an indicator of people's, uh, like what you just said, I think people's insanity, the reality, Mm -hmm. the reality of the entire world is the reality of the entire world. How do we get together and form, um, how do we get together and form Mm -hmm. cities and countries Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, groups, villages, right? Let's say, I don't know, villages, it's probably maybe, maybe that's the oldest thing that we can go back to, to groups and clumps of people. How do Mm -hmm. we get together? What are the things that those things are based on? And how has that evolved over time? You know? So, over time, as human beings, (laughs) I would like to say, if you look at it, we've gotten better. You know, the the origin of, you know, the origin of everything are simple motivators of why people do things. Mm -hmm. You know? It's so, like, trying to read extra stuff into what exists now and and base everything off of that or use that as an excuse of this is why we're going to dismantle everything and this is why we're going to remove identity or or pride in these these things you are not going to you know anyone who has pride in that there's something wrong with them if you have pride in this over here that's fine yeah because that leads to the chaos and the confusion that we want mm-hmm. everyone to have right yep yeah, and I think it's just it's completely destructive because I think it tries to destroy, like you said, all the progress that we've made uh, in the past like 200 years, you know, and it really tries to go back to it destroys uh, like the legitimacy of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says there's nothing good out of it. And, and I think you can draw a balance. And I think mm-hmm. this is kind of like where conservatives have failed, mm-hmm. where they left a vacuum where I think they went too far into the patriotic America, rah, rah, everything is great. Mm -hmm. Like, let's not talk about any of the bad things that ever happened with America. And I think now the conservative movement, and I have a problem with this with like Second Amendment people a lot Mm -hmm. because we always talk about, well, the Second Amendment is one of the checks against the tyrannical government. Mm -hmm. Yet everybody gets very uncomfortable. At least a lot of conservatives get uncomfortable when you talk about the terrible things that the government has done in the past for some Mm -hmm. reason. And it's because a lot of it has to do with race. But I think it actually reinforces it reinforces the argument even more. I'm like, the government actually never lived up to the standards of the Constitution. They never mm-hmm. did. The con- they wrote the Constitution and then they started trampling it from day one. And they've and from the first day that it was written and the ink was drying, basically our rights were being deteriorated from that moment forward. It was never as good as the first day. And in, in many cases, you could argue, other things improved, obviously. You know, slavery obviously was an improvement, Mm -hmm. but the Bill of Rights and those things kind of like got deteriorated. And obviously we have things like the 13th Amendment, which still has like a slavery clause in it. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to acknowledge those things because that's how you learn. And I think conservatives sometimes bury their head in the sand. They're like, if we say anything bad about America, then the left is going to like use it against us. I was like, no, you use it against them because they believe in more government power. So you have to talk about slavery you have to talk about when the u.s army killed native americans you have to talk about all those things uh you have to talk about uh like uh, a black wall street uh you have to talk about the move bombing you got to talk about waco you got to talk about all that stuff that that was the government doing bad things against uh Mm -hmm. civilians and citizens of this country and it only reinforces that this is why we need the second amendment this is why we need to fight for these rights this is what it means to go, uh, go towards a more perfect union because it wasn't perfect to begin with, but we've gotten better. Mm-hmm. So I, instead of blaming everybody in the past for their sins and not living up to that, 
I'd rather just say, well, how, how about we actually live up to that standard? Yeah. Instead of like trashing it all and saying, well, they're hypocrites, that doesn't invalidate the words. If I get rid of the men and I read like, let's hold these truths to be self-evident, all men are created equal and and uh, in their eyes of the creator. Uh, you know, I think we all agree with that. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, uh, mm-hmm. a freedom of speech, right to keep and bear arms, the right to, um, you know, to, to not have a legal search and seizure, mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, I, everybody's like, well, the dudes that wrote it, some of them owned slaves and some of them were hypocrites. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. okay, so they were hypocrites. Uh, acknowledge that they were hypocrites, but don't invalidate the truth of the words. Just say, well, they didn't live up to them. How about us? Let's let's do it then. Yeah. So I think like human, like the, the whole meaning of life and living, being a human being, right, is mm-hmm. uh, we're sentient creatures, uh, probably, you know, obviously more sentient than most of the other creatures on the face of the planet. I don't know if there's some some creatures that are more sentient than us. They're definitely hiding out somewhere. But the whole thing Mm -hmm. of that is growing and learning, right? And trying to figure out what is the truth. Um, I think for a lot of us, the truth is in flux. And what I mean by that, there definitely is a truth. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe that, you know, the truth is something that's uh, fleeting or escaping from us. But it's in flux based on our perspective. As human beings, you know, we, t- we, we see things from our perspective. If you want to get mm-hmm. better as a person, you have to learn how to be more deliberate and how to look at the truth of things and figure mm-hmm. out what that means and, and just, just oppose that with um, the ideals, for example, set forth in the founding of America. For sure, the mm-hmm. people who founded America were not perfect. How could they be perfect? They came from they came from from a, from another imperfect society, right? You mm-hmm. know, for the most part, we're talking about people that came out of Europe, specifically um, England, right? United Kingdom. Yep. That was colonizing the world at the time. You know, and they came out of those people. Um, you know, and um, they 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 came away from that system and they were trying to make a better system that was the whole point so that's why when you look at the if you look at the things that america's based on based on things from every other place you know this mm-hmm. is why we've strived so long and and we're still on the forefront of humanity basically yep. if you look at around the world everyone wants to be here when you have a, a prince of england who freaking leaves england himself Mm-hmm. <laughs> and comes over here that should indicate something to you especially if you look at why he's saying he left england or why they're saying they left england to come here but then they want to somehow turn america into what they left which was already bad and the point yep. i'm making about that is yes this is bad what you left the people who left there cannot be perfect they have to make themselves better okay mm-hmm. and the the attempt of making themselves better is the things that are laid out for us as Americans, that that's what we have to look at. If you look at history and you look at it, uh, if you look at it accurately without, um, you know, without all the prejudices, prejudices that we may want to have, you'll just look at the facts of it. There's good things. Mm-hmm. There's bad things. You know, yep. oh, by the way, Javier is joining us here. Javier, sorry, we're in the we're, we're right in the middle of something of something. Uh, <laughs> How's it going, Javier? I was going to say, uh, my bad, so, I thought it was 7 p.m. Central time. Yeah, I was just thinking to myself, yeah, Javier might not, <laughs> who yeah. might not be on the same page when it comes to timing. Welcome to the show, man. Go ahead and get set up. Um, so what, what I'm, here's what I'm trying to say to you. It mm-hmm. is, 
you know, none of us as human beings are perfect. We're striving for perfection. We need to look yep. at things that happened in the past and go, okay, this is what was ha- this is what happened. This is why it's bad. And this is why mm-hmm. we don't want to, you know, we don't want to continue that. But we have to take the things that are really good in what it is that makes America. Like I saw, we're talking, I was talking about the prince here. That same, that same prince is saying that, you know, he doesn't like the idea of freedom of speech in America. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't understand why this idiot is over here in America. I mean, but well, as royalty, of course, he doesn't understand that concept because freedom of speech is ultimately the first weapon that they used against the uh, the royal family. You know, yeah. They had, but, but why, why are people uh, here? Why did he and his wife leave, go to Canada? That's a that's pretty much uh, a province still of the United Kingdom. Leave Canada, mm-hmm. and come to America. <laughs> you know, and then still America's messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, and still we've got to get rid of. Why didn't they just stay in England and fight to make England better? Because it's more difficult to do that in places like that. It's easier for us to do it here. But the problem is, is this to me that I think there's folks out there trying to get us confused. You know, if we're in a state of confusion, then we're malleable. It's easier to push us in the directions that they want to push us into. And if you look at it, to me, ultimately, everything indicates that those same people want to make us into slaves of things and bind us to to like the government. Like you're saying, they want bigger government. They want that government Mm -hmm. to tell us how to think, what we could do. You know, uh, this is, oh, don't don't uh, figure out for yourself what the hell's going on in the world. Take our, you know, take our word for it. (laughs) Yeah. And go in that direction. So Mm -hmm. um, Boss Hog says HTX Tactical. What's up, Uh, Boss Hog? That's one of your people, man. What's up, Javier? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, been super crazy busy. Yeah, that's that's a nice wall behind you, man. Kind of, kind of that's jealous. awesome. Yeah, kind of jealous. Yeah, kind of jealous right there. What's uh, how's it been in the store? I know the last time we tried to get you on, it was crazy. Yeah, man. Uh, during the pandemic was super insane. I, I'm assuming for every gun shop across America, mm-hmm. and it's still crazy for us. We actually had to move into a bigger location, so we're oh, now okay. we're about six thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a uh, it's pretty uh clean store that we uh, set up. Yeah. So Lola's asking me if I've got Javier centered. Hold on a second. Let me try to figure this out. I'm going to throw all three of us. Yeah, you need to probably center your camera a little bit so when we go to, to all three things. Uh, the other way, other way. Boom, there you go. Awesome. Yes, there you go. See, Lola, Lola trying to be the boss from a distance, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you guys moved to a new location. Where, where are you? So we're down the street uh, from our old location, which is on in Houston, Texas. Uh, 29610 5401 Mitchell Dale, uh, Suite A2. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, Have you guys added uh, more services and things like that? Let me throw up the website, actually. Yeah. Uh, We still have the same services, but Mm. now we we, uh, expanded into fishing, survival gear. Oh, really? Okay. Cool. For sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, what I see a lot, like on uh, Instagram and stuff like that, is some badass custom stuff that you guys do. I'm just flipping mm-hmm. through the site right now, um, you know. So, do you guys do you have a lot of stuff available? You know, what's the like, so, what's, what's the what's the state so the state of? Uh, I'm kind of glad you brought up the website. So our mm-hmm. website, uh, just like pretty much a lot of other gun shops, you know, we do a lot of drop shipping from our website. Um, so that's the state of the gun industry. Everything is still pretty much out of stock. Now, in store, we have a ton of more products that we get on a mm-hmm. daily basis. 
whether it's from other manufacturers or us manufacturing ourselves. Um, so in store, we have a, a ton more products versus our mm -hmm. website. Okay. And Kathleen Music Lover wants to know what state you're in, uh, which I forgot to mention. You want to go ahead and... Yeah, we are in the greatest country in the world called Texas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, not, I'm not gonna, not gonna argue that, not gonna argue that. Um, uh, yeah, Lola's saying that, uh, HDX does badass upgrades to guns. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so, we do. Uh, we do some pretty badass shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so is, uh, by the way, have you, have you met, uh, Puerto Rican Pistolero Orlando? I'm, uh, I should have done that first. I think uh, I ran into you at uh, at Shot Show just in passing, and I think you were at the uh, the basketball game too. Were you at yeah, the game? Sure. I remember. Yeah, yeah. So I think I saw you there just in passing, but. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Well, maybe this Shot Show we can uh, link up. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, hopefully that will happen again next year. Yeah, sure. yeah. What's the odds? What do you guys think the odds are on Shot Show twenty twenty two? Uh, I think it's going to happen. I mean, Vegas is open back up. Obviously, mm -hmm. we were one of the first states to open back mm -hmm. up, um, so I think it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you I think? think they might change. Of? I think they might change the venue because I heard didn't the uh, didn't the hotel get bought out by the Chicoms? I forgot. Uh, no, I think I heard it expanded. Yeah, it, it, it probably. Yeah, it's probably did change change hands, but they still want to make money. <laughs> yeah, so but I th still. yeah, but if if the Chicoms own it, it'll be pretty funny because then they can't kick all the Chinese spies that try to take uh, photos of the guns out. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. They should just come to Florida like they used to do it back in the day. I'd be happy about yeah. that. Yeah, I wish it would move from Vegas, but um, I think that Vegas is the big uh, convention mm -hmm. location. So yeah. I don't I don't see those guys giving up on the money. The mm -hmm. thing that and and yes, I think they did expand and there's bigger space now because I know I was talking to Walter from Safety Harbor Firearms and he said that they were like most people are choosing new locations and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So it looks like everyone's getting set up who's actually getting a booth there. Right. Um, what I'm worried about is what kind of restrictions are going to be in place. You know, that's the thing to think when 2022 rolls around. It, are we all going to be able to go there? We won't have to wear masks. We don't have to show uh, COVID vaccine passports. You know, that's that's what I'm yeah, hoping we don't have to do. Go ahead. I definitely, I definitely don't have a passport to show as far as like the vaccine. So uh, <laughs> that's definitely not going to happen on my end. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm concerned, man, um, asking for that passport is uh, I'm going to I'm going to make that racist. You know, I know some people are going to get mad at me, <laughs> but uh, asking me for that vaccine passport, you know, it's like we don't have to have no ID. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of intrigued, too, with like my mm -hmm. other industry. You know, I'm a performer and like my guys mm -hmm. still travel. Mm -hmm. and they're saying that, you know, we do a lot of ambassador stuff for America going to different countries. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to try to figure out, I mean, how that's going to play out as far as. Mm -hmm. vaccine pass, you know passport and all that yeah so do you want to fill people in for like so so people who haven't seen you on the show already you want to fill them in on like you know what you're talking about here because you you guys do some uh like hip-hop dancing right uh so it's that's kind of the basis of it so i'm okay. a b-boy uh, mm -hmm. by trade mm -hmm. i've been b-boying for 25 plus years mm -hmm. and initially we, we turned that into a full-fledged performance so it's just not mm -hmm. dancing but it's it's a, a mix of everything from acting to music mm -hmm. 
to theater to to hip hop dancing and it's just mm-hmm. a mix of everything. And then so we we have different shows that we do. One is like an evening evening theater show where you go to you know your big theater downtown and go watch a performance, whether it's like a ballet or a musical or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we have that show. We do outreach shows into all the schools across the nation, and then mm-hmm. we're also cultural ambassadors for America. So we've been doing that for like the last eight years. Mm-hmm. And so the United States will use us to go to different countries, especially you know more of the almost thor- third world type countries where mm-hmm. there's like a Moldova, Armenia, Azerbaijan, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll kind of uplift them and we'll do a cultural exchange and we'll we know we'll teach them, we'll incorporate them into our show. I think the cool thing about that is the government. You know, they use us, but they don't tell us how to do it or what mm-hmm. we should say to do. They let us do our thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's cool. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken and correct me if I'm if I'm getting things wrong here, um, what you do is or or like bebop, hip hop, all of that is something that's uniquely American, just like jazz. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. hip hop is the, the biggest thing in the world. You can go to to the ends of the earth and there's going to be hip hop heads. Mm-hmm. And when I say hip hop heads, I mean the, the culture of hip hop, the four mm-hmm. elements, b-boying, mm-hmm. DJing, mm-hmm. MC, graffiti artists, just not what you see on TV as far as like rappers and girls mm-hmm. and, you know, big chains and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a you know, culture within the hip hop community. Mm-hmm. And uh, to kind of give you an idea of what we do with this. So for instance, in 2015, um, we did this really big, big thing called C2C. And what we did is we went to Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Georgia. And I don't know if some of y'all are familiar with the uh, Armenian genocide and mm-hmm. Azerbaijan, Armenia. They're actually mm-hmm. going to war right now. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of picked up a lot uh, heavy in the south where they meet at. And so what yeah. we wanted to do is, you know, how can we, obviously, we know we're not going to be able to change the minds of, you know, the p- political party on, on either side. But how can we bring the countries together? So we did like a month tour. We went to all three countries. We held competitions. We got the 10 best dancers from all three countries. We taught workshops. We did all of our media and whatnot. And then uh, we came back home for a few weeks. And then we went back to Georgia, which is the neutral country. And the government um, rented out a, a resort on the Black Sea in Batumi, Georgia. And we had all 30 dancers there. And then we taught them some choreography and then we incorporated them into our show. And then at the end, all the ambassadors and you know, all just the big people from the government came out and just kind of showing you, you know, through hip hop, um, we can bring unity. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the idea of what we do. Yeah, that's that's really cool, man. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you have uh, do you have videos and stuff like this? I would love to. Yeah, see yeah stuff, I, I'll, I'll shoot you some links. Yeah, I would love sure. to see this. I mean, because. Um, I know like me being an old dude, <laughs> you know, I remember, I always tell people I came to America and, and, uh, people used to like, uh, break dance battle. That was like a for real thing that, you know, if people look at that in the movies, you think, okay, that's just some fake stuff that never really happened. But, you know, for me coming to America in the early eighties and seeing folks who had some different problems and this is how they worked out some of that i'm not trying to say all of it right there's uh, always been gangs and different things like that going on but a lot of that got worked out from break dancing and lots of different things in hip-hop culture i don't know if everyone really understands how deep that is and how so, much of a true art form it is like jazz or anything else yeah no for sure so like you know you bring that up like in new york you know where it started at um in all the boroughs everybody had their own gangs and you know mm-hmm. instead of stop 
you know, killing or fighting, um, they would battle each other to see mm-hmm. who came out on top. Obviously, there probably were some fights mm-hmm. um, throughout because of the yeah the bravado of the of the culture. Mm-hmm. But now, um, b boys and b girls are breakers, which you know what we are. Um, we were the kind of the last ones of the culture to start really making money. So now it's always it's been around, but it's kind of been underground. That's mm-hmm. what it's called under. Mm-hmm. So you'll go to dishes, but now it's like it's on a big level. The Olympics picked it up, so mm-hmm. now it's an Olympic sport. Um, mm-hmm. I got a lot of close friends who are sponsored by either Monster Energy, Red Bull, and one of the guys who actually spearheaded that. He's actually here in Houston, who has his own hip hop school mm-hmm. as well. He's been opening up a lot more. And so it's um it's on a big level now. We're all getting sponsorships. Um, cool. Actually getting paid versus like, hey, can like for instance, you know, it was it's kind of weird. The other day, um, we got a call. And they're like, hey, can we have you know your group come out and perform for a hundred dollars? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a you know, yeah, slap in the face. Like you know, yeah. I mean, that doesn't even pay for yeah how you get out there. You <laughs> know, that's hundred bucks doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's like one of those things and people are still like, you know, we put we train just like the top athletes in the world, whether it's MMA, mm-hmm. NFL, mm-hmm. baseball. Uh, we take all that serious. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we train, you know, taking vitamins, eating healthy mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, it's it's one of the beautiful things. Like, I think when you came in, we were talking about, you know, how people are cr- trying to deconstruct the history of America, you know, and make and separate like good things and bad things and make everything bad or whatever. This is one of the good things that came out of something bad, you know, and it's, it's a Mm -hmm. genuine art form. I know there's folks out there who probably don't respect that, but I'm telling you that to me, it's a genuine art form, not something that I could do. And something when I look at people doing it, I'm like, that's amazing. You know? Uh, Yeah. It takes actual skills and commitment and dedication and all that kind of stuff just like anything else um do you think do you think that um that people in other countries take this more seriously than we do in america like what happened to jazz like i have friends that are jazz musicians and no one respects them in america i wouldn't say differently but so for instance like in europe um they have the essence of the culture of what we used to have back in the 70s and 80s um, so in Europe, that's how it is now. Um, like when we go to an Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan which is a, a Muslim country, or we'll go to Armenia, which is a Christian country. Mm-hmm. It's not about religion. Like I'll go there, whether it's Azerbaijan or either other one, and they'll they'll try to give me the shirt off their back when you know it's vice versa. I'm like, here, let me let me help you out. Let me give you something. They'll they'll try to take us out every night, try to hang with us, cook for us, mm-hmm. and just take us in. Um, but it, it's it's a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, Rolando. I know you wanted to. Uh... No, no, no. I, I agree. It's 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 that language that music bridges a lot of gaps, especially this uh, this type of music. Uh, I know that my my wife, you know, always talks about K-pop, but mm-hmm. a big element of that is the hip hop community in Asia and things like that. And uh, you know, living in different parts of the world, I'm Puerto Rican, so obviously I saw how. Um, reggaeton kind of came out of the mm-hmm. Caribbean and then seeing that music evolve and mm-hmm. seeing other countries take hip hop music and put their own spin to it. Mm-hmm. And you can just see how that unifies people and it transcends, you know, all of our differences and all of our different languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you said, art really does 
does transcend all of that because you can see the skill, the commitment, and the and let's be honest, there's a beauty involved in it as well. When you watch somebody that has the skill and the passion, uh, be able to achieve something like that, and and see and see that passion go into that. I mean, that's if that's not art, I don't know what is. Art is yeah. really trying to embody passion in either a moment or in like a piece that's kind of like fleeting. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think that that that's what it's all about. Yeah, even if, when I was out there, like in mm-hmm. Eastern Europe, um, when we did some of the TV shows out there. There's still a lot of like Russian influence, and so like some of the um, the guys hosting the show, they'll be they'll start trying to bring in, try to bring up like America versus Russia as far as like the political side, and obviously you know we'll, we'll hit them with a different answer, and I and I tell them all the time, no matter where we go, if politics and religion could take anything from hip hop, it should be unity because it doesn't matter your culture your ethnicity, where you're from, if you're rich or you're poor, we literally all come together for one cause, and it's for the love of the culture of hip-hop, whether it's b-boying, MC, DJing, graffiti, um, we all come together for that one cause. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think ultimately we are, as human beings, we're definitely different from each other, but we're more alike than we're different, you know? Sure. I mean, everybody wants to eat, everybody wants to eat a good life, and just live happily ever after, no matter mm-hmm. where you're. From. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and everyone enjoys seeing like beautiful performances. I'm sorry, oh, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know uh, a beautiful, interesting looking people. <laughs> you know, uh, movement and music. This is like core stuff, man. You know, the mm-hmm. only thing more core than that is like fire. When we got around fire uh, as cavemen or whatever, you know, and somehow started communicating with each other. The next step from that was, was uh, you know, was music and dancing, right? Mm-hmm. We did, uh, we, we performed in Madova as well. Mm-hmm. And so if you go to like the north of Madova, it's a really small city. And they, they think they're their own country, even mm-hmm. though Madova's are really small. Mm-hmm. And so we got the heads up that uh, the KGB was tearing down our posters, you know, like two days before we were going to head to that, mm-hmm. that small village. And so anyways, you know, we we're already warned about it and we still ended mm-hmm. up going. And then uh, as soon as we got there, you know, we did our thing. And then we usually do like a speaking engagement, which is at a university mm-hmm. and have it in the audience. You know, you have some KGB officers just kind of looking at us and seeing <laughs> what we're going to do. But mm-hmm. it's not about politics whenever, you know, we we talk about hip hop or the culture or the mm-hmm. unity mm-hmm. Uh, just bring the fight together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different comments here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, catch up to it. Um, how does that, uh, how does that link with uh, the gun world? You know, here is, so, and, and to me, to me, it's not crazy, but I know like, I'm just going to show what's behind you right there. It's a beautiful wall. Here's a beep bop dude, you know, with a beautiful wall of guns behind him, how did how did this become uh, right a thing? Here you got a SBR Scorpion, yeah, a three hundred blackout SBR or PDX. That's yeah. SBR. I see a drum mag up there. <laughs> I got mm-hmm. this uh, joint right here. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of the prize. Mm-hmm. This um, Ishma, brand mm-hmm. new, never been fired, probably from mm-hmm. I think nineties, and a Scar three hundred eight that we did some crazy design to. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we do a lot of crazy custom stuff. I, I barely have a few custom pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like mm-hmm. more of the, like the historic stuff or some, just some really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so how how I got into firearms is about five years ago, six years ago. I was like, what am I gonna what am I gonna do after 
a finish, you know, breaking or performing because obviously mm-hmm. doing stuff at a high level physically, just like any athlete, you you have a certain window, mm-hmm. but at a high level. So initially, I I did it with a a guy I grew up with here in uh, in Houston. He was actually a veteran, but um, he just started doing a bunch of. Uh, can I cuss on here? Yeah, man. Yeah. Just did a bunch of whole ass shit, right? So, <laughs> um, but it actually started taking off. Yeah, it started taking off. Um, I love it. Like, yeah, uh-huh. sponsorships. I want to do a TV show incorporating hip hop, guns, yeah. and have a vet buddy be involved. Just mm-hmm. because growing up, I grew up in the hood. So growing up mm-hmm. in the hood, you see a lot of people with firearms, mm-hmm. but that's pretty much it. They don't know shit about guns, how to handle them, um, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. So I wanted to kind of educate you know my people on you know the proper way to hold the firearm or just getting involved into the community that way you can gain a respect for it mm-hmm. uh, just like all of us that's in the gun industry whether it's little clicks that don't like each other i mean at mm-hmm. the end of the day we're here for the same cause right yeah um how so did you how did you know the right way to do these things how did you learn that um so anything that I involve myself with, I try mm-hmm. to just entrench, learn everything that I can. Because mm-hmm. anything that I'm going to be involved with, I want to do at a very high level, whether it's mm-hmm. dancing, uh, mm-hmm. being into guns. So long story short, I ended that with him. And then one of the guys that was sponsoring me, which is my partner now, George, with HCX mm-hmm. Tactical, he was just selling some small parts, no guns at the gun show. And I was like, you know what? L- let me put this outline together and, and pitch it to him. And so it was like, you know what? I, I want to involve selling firearms, customizing them, but bringing the hip hop culture into it because there's again, there's a lot of people with firearms and mm-hmm. the hip hop culture, but they just don't know shit about the yeah. firearm culture. Without a doubt, yeah, we see a lot of you know, it's always been um, a part of the culture. And not always in a negative way. Like, I know some people look at hip-hop or, you know, I've, I've seen some people say that here, that they have a different idea maybe of hip-hop music. It didn't start out as something that was violent. But there's always been, you know, guns have always been something that dudes are attracted to. Them, you know, the, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. <laughs> Even going to other gun shops, I'm like, man, can you customize it like this? And mm-hmm. they just weren't a good job. And, you know, myself being an artist and looking at the, all the small details, I'm like, man, I... I can do that better than them, so I'm just gonna go do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And so we just grew from that, from mm-hmm. uh, working mm-hmm. a 150 square foot uh, room in an office building to kind of expanding to the old shop, and now we're in a 6,000 square foot, you know, building. Yeah, that's awesome. That's uh, awesome. Boss, Boss Hog, who is in the, the great state of Texas, says HES Tactical Shop is like a candy store for gun parts. That's uh, that's from Boss Hog. He said that a while ago. I'm tr- I'm sorry. I apologize for that. I'm trying to catch up to, to everything. Yeah, man. I think that's definitely. Um, I think that's a good thing to do, man. A good way to go, and and for folks to realize that you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be a criminal or whatever. You know, this is this is kind of like an image that's put out in the world that got guys like us who are into mm-hmm. guns, we're somehow thugs and criminals. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You I know? mean, you know how the media is. Yeah. twist something really really quick that's why when the media always interviews them i let i let them know from the jump i was like look if i do this you can't do that other bullshit on the side like just mm-hmm. just be real with it you know mm-hmm. and then we'll do the interview mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i don't know uh rolando if you've got some questions here um yeah uh, well, how long have you uh been part of the shop and building guns and all that 
Um, so we're going literally starting our fifth year into it. Mm-hmm. Cool. And not doing that, I mean, we got some of the biggest clients, mm-hmm. period, from other, every major league sport to artists to mm-hmm. to whoever. And, and that's another thing, too, like going into this, like when you see guys train, they're always like in their fatigues or army gear mm-hmm. and all that. It's like, I don't wear that. You know, I might wear it every once in a while, more of a fashion statement, but mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to go train in that because I don't wear that every day when I'm out here. So I'm going to go well, train yeah. it. Where? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Lola wants to know what your role is. I'm, by the way, I'm going to pull up. Uh, I'm going to pull up the the Instagram right here. So uh, my role in HCX Tactical mm-hmm. is uh, making one of the biggest shops. Um, period. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we have that we're working on. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. let the cat out the bag now, but mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of things that we're doing, and uh, just just to put out quality, nice stuff. Um, even with the new shop, I've seen we got mm-hmm. fishing gear. Uh, we got survival. These are some gear. beautiful guns, man. I'm just going through some of the handguns on the IG. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. We got, yeah, survival yeah. gear, um, parts and accessory, and it's more of a a cool survival shop in a sense because in Houston we get a lot of hurricanes. And we just mm-hmm. yeah, those are our new blankets, our throw blankets. That oh wait, the, uh, oh right here with this with the um. Yeah, we got oh, the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and then we got our our logo, the recon logo, mm-hmm. the tactical astronaut. And I came up with that just because Houston we're kind of known for NASA, yep. and I was like, how can mm-hmm. we make it a Houston? Mm-hmm. Um, so tactical astronaut. Yeah, those Space Force guys should get up on that, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to be clear, we were doing this way before Space Force was a thing as far as like... Right, exactly. Was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I see you post some memes here. Like, I'm looking at the video of these guys shooting without Air Pro. Yeah, so... <laughs> I don't know if Saturday, I can show that, so I'm not... Sh- yeah. Like, I don't know, so, you know, I don't want to... It's just so, real stupid. So Monday through Saturday, I'll post <laughs> our work. Uh-huh. On Sunday, I kind of want to just break the gun stuff and just, right. or not even just the gun stuff, but I just want to either just post some random mm-hmm. crazy videos, whether yeah. it's... I'm going to do it real quick and show you guys its craziness. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's out of pocket right there. Yeah. You know what's you know what's crazy? A lot of... So, okay. Obviously, those guys are jokers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, you know, like, I have a friend of mine who uh, was in the Marines, and he showed me video of him shooting one day, and I was like, yo, you don't even have on Air Pro? You, like, what? what's going on in this, man? Don't show people this video. <laughs> Instagram will eat your ass alive if you break some rules. Right. I'm it's not, it's... I've been there one time. I'm shooting outdoor range. I'm like, oh, right. shit. I got my Air Pro. Yeah, no, I'm not, yeah, and I'm not knocking anyone for making mistakes like that. It's just, you know, like, I'm talking about a guy that was trained to be a sniper by the Marines, and you forget things. If people don't remind you, I try to do it in a nice way, because, yes, as you said, if you just put it out there, people might jump all over you, but you're trying to remind people the reason why you want to do these things is so that you can do this longer. For sure. You know? Yeah, so that I mean, but that was that was that was some uh, some funny stuff there. I like that uh, golden like uh, dictator revolver that you have on here too. Look at this. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. A, a really a really big artist bought that one. Oh yeah, very yeah. nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a um there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh rappers in uh around your way, right? There is. Uh, Houston's a pretty cool city. Um just to be a part of, live in, mm-hmm. to be from. 
Yeah. Um, is this first... who is who is this breakdancing right here? Sorry. Who That's one that? of our guys. Okay. Um, hard uh, hardhead veterans came by the shop the other day, mm -hmm. and uh, they brought some helmets. And you know, I was like, hey, let's just do something real cool with it. And uh, yeah, like, That's your ballistic helmet do this. Just to be yeah. funny about it. That's a skill right there. I'm sorry, man. Not everyone could do this without breaking mm -hmm. their neck. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. That's it's good stuff, man. Like uh, when I whenever I look at your Instagram, I get lost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then that, that was another thing too. Like when we started, I was like, I don't want to compete with all the other because there's like a, a gun shop on every mm -hmm. corner in Texas. Period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. I was like. I wanted to separate myself and do what, use my background and incorporate it into firearms. And that's how mm -hmm. we blew up really big, really fast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. Mr. Lovell said we should do a fan build off. You know, I'm, I'm down for stuff like that, you know. I'm down for stuff like that. But you can't cheat. You can't go to HTX Tactical and have them build your gun. <laughs> and then pretend that you yeah. you did that no you just you, you get him to finish all the parts and then you put it together so oh. that's yeah we'll just, we'll just white label it you know yeah exactly yeah. is it building or is it assembly <laughs> you know that's the question here is it really we'll do all the slide work all all that and then i'll put it on an 80 percent lower on an 80 percent, and it'll be perfect there you go Mm -hmm. And I just want to be clear, too, like, I know y'all see me a lot on Instagram, but mm -hmm. we really do got a badass team. Mm -hmm. Like, our, mm -hmm. our machine, he's the, I call him a mad scientist. He's been building robots since he was in middle school, messing with CNC machines. So I'll, I'll give him a crazy, hey, can you do this, this and that? And he'll do all his measurements and, you know, make it happen. Like, the um, the JDF gun, the Green Power Ranger, mm -hmm. we built a gun for him. And we just did this insane oh, slide. Um, and then we have another one for T-Pain that we're about to drop, which is like we did a microphone, CNC to microphone on top. Really? And our Cerakoter, he's actually a, a, le a legendary graffiti writer. Mm -hmm. um, pop culture, he's been doing art for 30 plus years. Um, so when I was starting this, I was like, hey, I'm about to do this gun shop. You're going to be the perfect person to, all you have to do is just learn how to bake Cerakote. Mm -hmm. That's all you need. Everything else I already know you got. And then my partner handled the business in and then all the rest of our employees. So, like, we really have an amazing ass team. Yeah. I mean, I'll run in more of this stuff. One of the things that I like about what you're doing, what you guys are doing here, aesthetically, it all goes together. So the ability mm -hmm. to Cerakote stuff or make things different colors on its own is not really good enough. That's not art. That's not creativity. But when I look at, like, how you guys do things, the combinations, the colors, you know, you're not doing it just for the sake of, oh, we could throw purple on here or... You know, and right uh, now, if you're whatever. just at the top of our page, if you just scroll down way, like, you know, middle bottom, like, you'll start seeing the really crazy yeah. shit. Yeah, um, I see some. Yeah, I'm seeing some good, some good stuff here. Hmm. Uh, hold on, I got distracted here, but for a second by something. Let me see. Oof. To show the people what's distracting me. Oh, this wasn't you guys. This is from someone else, though. This is a repost right here, though, right? So a lot of people know <laughs> people who've been following us. They they know like I'll post crazy videos on Sundays. So like yeah. I'll just get like a million DMs. Hey, here's this video, and it's just they're they're coming from everywhere. Yeah, I got distracted. How far down do I need to go, man? There's a lot of good stuff in here. I'm trying to see. I mean, there's a lot of crazy shit on our page. It's just right now we're in the transition of you know going into the new shop, so. 
we're waiting for a Haas to come move our CNC machines. Mm -hmm. um, there's a couple more things left at our old shop to where we need to bring it into our new shop, but we're 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 uh, rock and rolling right now. Yeah, I really like the the uh, the combinations of things. Let me see. For example, I'm going to show you guys what is this right here. Uh, yeah, G a Glock 48. I like yeah, how you guys did this. It, you know, it looks like somebody's and. It looks like something from Tiffany's. This actually, it's not mm -hmm. just the Tiffany blue. That's what I, that's what I like about it. It's not just the Tiffany blue. It's like how you do it. You know are, what I mean? Are y'all familiar with uh, Toby, the, a new rapper who he's been getting really big? Um, he does kind of a political rap music. He wears a uh -huh. lot of mint green. He's no. pretty big. No, I'm gonna. I'll have to look at. Yeah, he, he's a dope artist. He's actually out of Houston, but I okay. mean, a lot of these guns that you see on there are from customers coming in because obviously we build them for the customer so mm -hmm. probably 70 percent of those guns i would never ever use in my life or even <laughs> yeah. you know for myself I, right, but, right. Like, mm -hmm. i like this dictator ak right here too yeah yeah i mean i'm sorry one just to have yeah yeah so who I'm does building a crazy... Go ahead. you guys do this finish here for like um so that's a 24 karat gold plating right there on that gun. oh wow okay man yeah, there's some scroll work on there. Yeah, so I, I can get I can get distracted. I'm gonna put this down right now. <laughs> I'm put it down. So I'm actually gonna go. I'm doing some wild mm -hmm. shit. I, I just mm -hmm. built the AK74. Mm -hmm. um, a ton of engraving on it, and then uh, shout out to Dead Air Silencers, Mike, and all them out there. Mm -hmm. uh, they sent me Wolverine, so I'm a gold plate of a can and a whole gun, and it's just SBR. You know, do it for the ground. Gold plate a can, huh? Has that been yeah. done before? I don't know. Not that I'm aware of, but yeah, that's good. That's interesting. And, and mm -hmm. yeah, the, cause the Wolverine, um, I think we actually have a Wolverine here. I think Babyface P has a Wolverine that's here. Uh, cause I have my FFL SOT and I think right. I have mm -hmm. a BFP's Wolverine. That thing gets hot. It is. Yeah. It's a really good kid. Yeah. And they're great people. Yeah. Um, so the end is near beware says that your audio is a little low. I don't know if we can do anything to pump that. So up. I was going to do this at my shop, yeah. but I thought we we're going to do this at 7 PM central. So, and it's, it's thundering real bad here in Houston. I was like, let me just get home. Yeah. So I had to jump on a laptop real, real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, we have a better, yeah, yeah, we have a better setup at our, at our shop. We have yeah. a mic and everything else. So sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know I'm I'm hearing you, but yeah, I just want to acknowledge that maybe some folks out there are having some issues. You got to talk. You got to talk louder, maybe. You know. Um, let's see here. Yeah, man. If I if I keep looking at that um at that Instagram, you guys are putting some good stuff out there, which mm -hmm. you know is awesome. How many? Um, and I don't know. If folks have questions about this. Let us know so we can get your perspective. I'd like to know. Um, dealing with a lot of people in the hip hop community. Um, how many people do you think you're winning over to realizing how important the Second Amendment is? Because I know a lot of this stuff gets political, but I, mm -hmm. I think really the Second Amendment should not be political. Are you seeing folks out there who are realizing that it's an important thing? Yes, a mm -hmm. lot of them. But it's um, it's a weird situation, right? So. Mm -hmm. Not a lot. Well, uh, it's it's kind of hard to to narrow down how many people, but people from the hip hop culture or even more of the hood, they don't mm -hmm. understand 
politics, mm-hmm. like how deep it gets and how it works, right? Mm-hmm. It's only by what they see on social media, the news, mm-hmm. um, any type of media, and you know that influence people. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you just saw this last election how how that mm-hmm. shit show, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, uh, they want their rights, but they don't. They don't know how to do it per se, right? Yeah. And so we'll try to put all the information out as much as we can, when we can. But at the end of the day, those people have to go out and and do their own research to really understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been very fortunate to be able to travel the world, um, understand different cultures, and be involved with a lot of things. So you know, mm-hmm. I get it from that standpoint, but. What we like to say to people from the hood, right, is leave your block. Go experience something, you know, go to the other side of the city. Once you do that, go to a different town. Now travel to another state, then go travel to another country because, you know, Mm -hmm. travel is going to be some of the best experience that you can get in life and really Mm -hmm. get a better. So, I mean, it's it's a, um, you know, a lot of people like to use the word cheap, um, especially in, you know, the gun community. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a tough situation, especially whenever you're giving people who are struggling money like stimulus or food stamps. You know, you keep giving people, they're just going to want to you know keep taking it without mm-hmm. actually going out and earning it or learning it. Um, so it's a it's a tough situation. Yeah, I think you know the one of the ways that we're all alike is that we're all afraid of being used by people and we're also all used by everyone right i don't think Mm -hmm. anyone escapes from that you know black white you know you grew up poor you grew up wealthy you know you were born here in america you came from outside of america you know uh when when you look at politicians and i'm talking about republicans democrats everyone in between or whatever combinations you have in there everyone's using everyone people make promises and then don't deliver on things it happens to us as gun guys that republicans or people who say they're conservatives or they believe in the constitution they make us promises they don't deliver on that it happens to folks on the other side that people who say that they're liberals or 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 democrats they make folks promises they don't deliver on it either You know, true. Yeah. So I think when it comes to a lot of this, that there's when it comes to the gun thing, when it comes to the Second Amendment, it's tough for people to understand and figure that out. Like, how do you separate from this? How do you know who's talking to you about this thing and whether they're for real? I think we saw something like that going on with, um, wasn't it like Ice Cube going through some stuff like that in, in the last elections? Yeah, I think he. I don't think he. I guess he was more behind Trump versus Biden. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, because, I don't think he was with, I don't think he was with Trump. He was just saying correct, Trump, correct. Is, Trump is the only guy trying to talk to me, and you guys aren't even trying to talk to me. You're telling me wait. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He says the craziest shit in the world, right? Mm-hmm. You know, people saying crazy shit doesn't bother me. I heard crazy shit my whole life. Yeah, but it's about mm-hmm. the, what's happening behind closed doors, or you know. Mm-hmm. Just look mm-hmm. what's happening right now, you know, with Biden in office. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a fucking shit show right now in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like that. With, I, it's it's a tough situation when it comes to politics, right? Yeah. I, I don't care for either side. I mm-hmm. think there's good points from either, both sides, and then there's, there's they're fucked up from both sides. Mm-hmm. 
this is this is this is why I'm a gun guy, man. Because I don't believe in relying on any of these people. Uh, yeah, obviously, sure. I have my 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 way of looking at things or whatever that's changed and evolved over the years. You know, um, up until I think uh, right before what was it 2016 all the way up till then i was registered here in florida as a democrat and then i just completely walked away from that stuff and actually registered as a republican but i don't trust either one of those sides i think lots of people are just saying things and ultimately what i do trust is my ability to defend and protect myself you know absolutely mm-hmm. and i'm that's glad why you said that that brought me to a point so mm-hmm. how how you know the hood and it's Democrat and people who own businesses are smart are Republican. So mm-hmm. for instance, like me growing up, you know, from a child, I, I thought I was a Democrat just because they were giving us shit. Mm-hmm. Right. This whole time. So it, it's, it's always in your face. It's always in your face. So when it's, when it's in your face all the time, you're going to start to believe it. Mm-hmm. So as I get, as I got older and then with the start of businesses and, and traveling, I'm like, yeah, that's not, that's not all correct. So I was like, now, do I think I'm a Republican now? Just because now that I'm making a certain amount of money, you know, I don't want you to take all my taxes or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So right. it's like, <laughs> I think it, uh, it comes down to, you don't know what you don't know. And like I said, you've been all over the world. I was fortunate. I was a Navy brat. You know, I was born in Puerto Rico. I lived in Japan and then all over, you know, different parts of the United States because of my dad's job. And um, that's one of the things that I learned. Like I ran into people obviously going to another country um, in Japan. Every uh, it's like 99% everyone there is Japanese. You know, there's very few other races there and other minorities. So I was an extreme minority there. Uh, then living in the South, um, you know, I ran into people that never heard somebody speak Spanish, you know, natively before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've seen all that and it's like, well, you're asking me questions that nowadays a lot of people would be like, well, that's a stupid question or like, how can they not know that? And it's like, well, dude, how do you not, you don't know what you don't know. Like there's a ton of people in the United States of any race that don't know Puerto Rico is part of the United States. Like, am I supposed to get angry at everybody when that happens and call them an idiot or do I educate them instead? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's a, a problem that we're having in a lot of cases where we're confusing ignorance genuine ignorance or people just don't know because they haven't been exposed to things and both sides like um obviously somebody that grows up uh you know in a middle class neighborhood that's relatively safe is not going to know what's going on in the hood but somebody from the hood is not going to know the circumstances of somebody in the suburbs Mm -hmm. and why they might have their perspective on things Mm -hmm. Uh, and it goes both ways you got to draw balance and even people from different cities you might be in a hood in one city it doesn't mean that your hood is the same as another city you've got different cultures Mm -hmm. and different groups and and even different cities so you might be on like economically you might feel like you're on that level but you it's totally different culture um so people just need to be a cognizant of that and i think that's the biggest thing and i felt like I felt like millennials kind of figured this out and then they blew it all up. Um, we were really starting to figure it out really well. Um, you know, it was a culmination. Then I just feel like the powers that be are like, oh, we can't have this. Like, we can't have everybody being friends or figuring out that it's really like the politicians and the elites that are trying to screw this up. We got to make it all about racism all over again. Or we have to make it about, you know, uh, being woke and all this stuff. And it's like, no, this is so dumb, man. Like, 
we, we had it figured out. I don't understand. <laughs> That's the problem, you know, right? When you start figuring yeah, it out, it was you're dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, it's about education. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. I use my daughter all the time uh, when I talk about people like me and my wife. We, I think we did a great job raising her. Um, she's about to graduate on Friday uh, from a, a really good school here. And that's one thing we wanted to do. We wanted to move out the hood and, and put her into a really good school, mm-hmm. uh, which is Memorial High School here in Houston. She's going to graduate with a, a 5.3 GPA. I didn't even know it went up that high anymore. <laughs> I thought it was like 4.0. Yeah. Um, Congratulations, but, man. Mm-hmm, that's awesome. Ever since she was little, mm-hmm. like an infant, you know, when I would travel, I would bring books back. I would you know, tell her about different types of countries. I would just educate and, and talk to her and educate and, you know, wife mm-hmm. as well, you know, to get her on that part and just showing her and from our experiences or just different things. And that's what's lacking. Cause right now I, to me, like media is raising kids now. And sometimes yeah. it's hard for parents cause both parents are working. Mm-hmm. And so out there in their, in their kid's life are, they just don't want to, mm-hmm. like I grew up fucked up when I was little, mm-hmm. you know, no mm-hmm. food, uh, abused by my mom, um, like past abuse. Mm-hmm. We had to steal food, and like I, I understand that. I know all that, and so, um, and we always talk about it too. Like we're one of the first ones to kind of break the, the so-called curse in the family to be able to do something with our lives, mm-hmm. and and experience that. Yeah. And now we just want to build generational wealth. Even with my daughter, I had her working at the shop, and. Yeah, she's my daughter, but I'm like, no, you're going to start at the bottom just like everybody else because we want you to know what it's like to to work hard and to understand it. Uh, you'll get minimum wage, and then, you know, it's it's up to you how bad do you want it to move up and work. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just how it goes. Yeah. I think I think it's striving to be better, right? You know? Absolutely. I, I think mm-hmm. that's the thing. I think if when people say, hey, this is where we came from, this is what we have right now, but we want to be better, the difference becomes, do you expect someone to make it better for you, or do you make it better for yourself? And then, like you're saying, Javier, is that, you know, whatever you do, you want to learn about it. And this is what makes, this is what becomes dangerous. When you start learning, when you start figuring out what's actually happening to you, people start worrying about that. Because based on their their motivations and their intentions of manipulating us, you know, they're like, oh, wait, this person's actually figuring out. I don't want them to figure out, you know, figure this out for themselves and then become independent. They need to feel like this comes from us. And that goes in all ways, you know, um, just like there's just like we were talking about 50 was it? No, no. Ice Cube uh, saying that people were telling him, hey, wait until after the elections and then we'll deal with this. On 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 this side of the aisle, you know, uh, for people who are conservative or Republicans, Republicans said the same thing. Hey, wait, wait until the midterms and then we'll do something about this. This is why um, I have problems with with all those different sides. And what I want is freedom. I think the, the more you start to understand what's going on, the more you go, OK, I want freedom. I want my ability to do these things. I don't want you guys getting in the way, trying to tell me what I could do and not do or trying to tell my kids what they could do and not do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. Um, let me see. Am I missing? Someone said I'm not paying any attention to the chat because <laughs> uh, we're having a good conversation. <laughs> so 
you know, it's uh, it's tough to get into, tough to get into all those things. I think Lola was asking something. She, I think she was asking about. She says, "Didn't Fifty Cent move because of taxes recently?" And then she wants to know, um, you know, do you guys offer CCW classes at the shop? Is Houston your area gun friendly? You know, um, and then she wants. She's she's got a lot of questions here. She wants to know all the different places so you traveled that I'm aware of. Fifty mm-hmm. did move to Houston. Right. He never said why, but I'm assuming it was because of taxes. Like right. when I first heard, I'm like, yeah, definitely taxes. Because a lot of a lot of athletes and celebrities they actually buy houses here because you know our taxes here in Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as CCW, we were going to open up a, a range as well. That didn't go through with this new shop just because. Whenever we were going to do it, just the price of ammo and not even being able to get ammo, um, it wouldn't have been a good business decision to put, you know, millions into a range and not be able to make nothing back from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are in the process of still trying to open a range um, close by to where we're at. And then we mm-hmm. started offering like free women's classes. So we did that recently and we're going to start getting involved with Antonia. She's going to be coming to the shop and we're mm-hmm. going to talk to her. Just getting more uh women more you know knowledge as far as like firearms how to handle them and all that good stuff and getting their C- uh, LTCs mhm right okay um i hope lola that all your stuff got covered in that <laughs> you know all the questions that you have here um do you have anything Orlando? no no um yeah no, so I'm far yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to go through and make sure I'm I, keeping up with everyone. Go I ahead. Call Lola go ahead. at six thirty. I call Lola at six thirty. I'm like, is it seven p.m. Central or Eastern? <laughs> <laughs> Lola puts all of this. She complains to me every single time. She's like, I put all of this in the email. No one reads it. I'm like, listen, Lola, I don't read it. I don't. I don't read it either. So, I mean, you know, I'll do back to my text. It just says seven p.m. So, right. My head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Central time. Yeah, it's dudes. This is how we are mostly as men. We I think about stuff when I have to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If my wife doesn't take care of myself, I'm, shit. I'm like, oh, yeah. damn, I was supposed to do that? Yeah. Do I, <laughs> when I have to think about eating and it's all up to me, I'm like, oh, wait, everything has to shut down because I'm hungry right now. <laughs> I, if I have to cook something, everything has to stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think about stuff in the, like, right now, this is in front of me. That's what I'm thinking about it. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sure I'm sure right. you're doing the same thing. So yeah, earlier she's like, I was like, "What are we eating?" And she's like, "I just told you you're not listening." I'm like, "What are we eating?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Firearm Fanatic says you need to go to laser training simulators. Have you thought about that kind of stuff? Have you looked into any of that for the store? Uh, I have. We talked to a couple laser uh, simulation companies. Um, mm-hmm. it, I think it's a cool thing, especially an alternative. Mm-hmm. If- go out to a range or pay two dollars one dollar per round mm-hmm. yeah cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. so i mean it's uh do you guys see the ammo situation changing or is it the same out there it's still the same it's crazy trying to get ammo right now mm-hmm. and then you got everybody hustling going to these big box stores buying up mm-hmm. all the ammo and reselling mm-hmm. to shops like us and other shops around houston and so Man. you're paying market price over retail price when you mm-hmm. used to get them really cheap at from distributors or manufacturers so mm-hmm. i hope it changes soon but who knows yeah um i i don't know i keep hearing that it's changing i don't know what rolando's 
Um, um, I was finally able to uh, get like some nine millimeter for like 49 cents around the other day. Okay. Um, and then uh, um, I saw AK, uh, 762 by 39. I've been seeing yeah, steel case drop down to like 40 cents again when it was up to like 60. Right. I so, saw some deals come through on that. I've been seeing a lot of people mm -hmm. bundling in, in with ammo now. Which is kind of like a new thing. So in other words, oh, what we'll sell you do? this. Well, we'll sell you this thousand rounds, but you have to buy these thirty AR magazines or, um, gotcha stuff like that. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I don't know what the people out there are seeing, but I'm seeing a lot of stuff like that uh, when I look at different companies. I know I've definitely seen Brownells doing it. Um, mm -hmm. I've seen some. I've seen some kind of deals come through like that um, in emails and stuff like that. So. Unfortunately, we can't do it because it doesn't matter what we get into the shop; it just mm -hmm. leaves right out yeah, the door. Gone. So we right. keep nothing in there. Mm -hmm. So, like the so the kind of people coming into your store, um, are you getting the old school guys like us or like what we have typically here in the in, in our yeah, audience? We get okay, so yeah. those so those guys, so you're getting the guys who are coming in. Like I remember when this was five cents around. I'm not paying you a yeah. dollar around. You know, yeah. I mean, we even had people leave us like some crazy Google reviews. Oh, they're, they're <laughs> happy and they're trying to buy it, buy it, and then resell it. Bro, I am not going to Academy. Like, there's other people who go to Academy buy it, and if you want ammo, then I have to buy it from them so I can sell it to you so you can have ammo. If not, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ammo. So mm -hmm. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. know. What, like, you either pay that stupid ass price mm -hmm. to shoot. Or not. Like that's why I haven't been shooting. The last time I shot, it was probably like two thousand dollars worth of ammo. I'm like, damn, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that'll that'll cure you right there. Yeah, mm -hmm. real quick. <laughs> when you think about it, and then when you're not, re so you know the the most difficult thing is if you're not restocking it, right? So yes, it is difficult exactly. to think about how much money. But if it's if you just see your stores going down, you're like, what? Wait a second. Add to zero both of our uh, my wife's AR and and uh, my AR getting ready for the trip and i was like I, mm -hmm. I did it i did it in one magazine both rifles and i'm so happy about it i was like i had like uh, four or five rounds left in the magazine i was like i'm not gonna shoot anymore i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna wait until i go to training and then uh we shot a bunch of we shot a lot of nine millimeter but i hadn't shot in months and mm -hmm. then uh, after that it was just like 22 here we go two twin 22s you're not allowed to shoot anything else took my dad my uh brother out and joe so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it was like every time you shoot, it's like, oh man, that's like fifty cents or a dollar going down the barrel. <laughs> yeah, like, it hurts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah, yeah. When you think about what you know, what that money could do for you, Screaming Skull Saloon says mm -hmm. ammo will get back closer to regular prices in twenty twenty three, and then the twenty twenty four election will happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. I hope sooner. Some some prices I think are here to stay. So I'm not saying that it's gonna like prices are gonna stay this high, but whatever price increases you see that are getting built in now, these guys aren't. There's some of that yeah, they're not coming off of. The floor has yeah, been I built in already. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I don't think it's gonna go back to nine, ten, twelve dollars for fifty rounds anymore for nine millimeter. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's gonna go back to down ever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know that's gonna sound tough to to some to some people out there listening, but. This is just uh, the reality of everything. I don't think it's just like for us. 
Um, I was talking to I was talking to a van guy earlier today. I was doing um, like another live in uh, you know for what I do on the car side of this on Stranger Palooza, and he said, "Look, man, a lot of these price increases are here to stay. You know, I don't see price increases in anything. They go up and then." you know, they, they crash all the way back down. That's not the way that it's going to happen unless all of a sudden, for example, when it comes to ammo, unless we see all of a sudden too much ammo in America. Uh, I don't know when we're going to see that again. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think with like scarcity and demand and obviously inflation, I think that's going to affect ammo as well permanently. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. But it's every industry, though. It's like yeah. getting yeah. materials. Yeah, so there's cars. Even the price of wood went up like 400 percent here. Like, mm -hmm. fucking insane. Yep. Yeah. For Computer buildings. chips. That's why. Yeah, yeah. That's why cars are so are are so expensive right now because there's no uh, microchips for the EC uh, for the ECUs anymore. So there, I know like Ford and Chevy have thousands of cars just sitting in lots, and it's like they don't have chips, so the cars yeah. don't work. So, and that's for several years. That's going to be a problem for several years because of what recently happened here. Well, so yep. just think about it this way in ammo. And I know every, like, there's, there's, there's obviously a ton of videos and stuff like that out there about ammo and all that. Uh, and we're just, we're just, you know, making up stuff right now, just like anyone else. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, in, in my experience, for all the companies that just, got into buying buildings, renting, leasing, buying machinery, hiring new employees and paying um, all the, the, you know, insurance and all the other prices involved in that. What makes you think that a month from now they're going to go, even if they even if they have a lot of ammo, what makes you think they're going to go, oh, it's good. Let's just drop all the prices back down. It doesn't make any mm -hmm. kind of business sense. <laughs> you know? Yep. So unless you're a business person, you're not going to realize like, hey, you cannot add all these expenses to your ledger, to your book, and then go, oh, well, yeah, now I'm just going to go back to, to selling ammo the prices they were in 1980. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, you can't. Yeah, that's kind of cruel. I get it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the only way it's going to make a drastic drop if, if, is if ammo comes out and no one buys ammo. Mm -hmm. And what is the that's likelihood? Huh? That's not gonna happen. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, so so Javier, right now you just you just uh, went through two thousand, you know, two thousand dollars worth of ammo, right? If all of a sudden there's a lot of ammo out there at any kind of decent price, are you are you gonna wait around? <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Nope. So what? So we have to ask: When is that supply really just gonna be sitting there? Yeah, it's gonna. It would take a long time. It yeah. would take basically. You you'd have to have the political climate change completely mm -hmm. in this country for like a, for years, like two, mm -hmm. two two presidencies in a row, and then people might be like, "Oh, okay, we're good. They're not going to do anything to guns." Yeah, and then that that's well, I could see that's the only way I could see like a stabilization. Yeah, Night Train says kind of most stuff. of the gun shops today are stockpiling ammo. Mm -hmm. Um. Not, I wish we could stockpile ammo. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's really true that they're stockpiling it. So a gun gun stores typically cannot afford to stockpile anything. But Javier, you're the expert on this. Can you afford to spend your money to buy guns and have them or ammo, let's say, and have it sit there when you had to put money yeah, off for that? Absolutely not. I mean, because not only are we buying ammo, but we're buying firearms, we're buying parts, we're buying mm -hmm. accessories, we're buying machines. I mean, our overhead is. You're mm -hmm. talking about a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So you, mm -hmm. as soon as you get in, you want to ride back out the door. 
Yeah, yep. you want to flip that, so you that needs to get sold. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, inventory that sits there doesn't do you any good at all. Yeah. Um, so it's I don't know. It's going to be interesting. That's the thing I, I would say. Like it's going to be interesting to see um, exactly what happens. And and what I always think about is um, I remember people complaining to me about I used to be able to buy an AK for seventy five bucks. <laughs> I'm not paying. Just just what was this like two years ago? People were like I'm not paying three four hundred dollars for an AK because uh, <laughs> I used to be able to buy that for seventy five bucks. Well, that's uh, how it's going to be for everything. Then they're going to stop buying everything pretty much because that's how it's going to be. <laughs> and that's how it is. Yeah. So this is the same kind of situation I think that we're going to be. Look, I hope, I hope ammo goes back to where it was, but. Oh, for sure. I, yeah. I do too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not wishing for it to stay like this um, for for a long time. You know, I hopefully we get to that point. But I think politics is gonna play a big part of it and then we have to wonder like i don't know man regardless of how you're looking at this thing do you really believe like what happened in these recent elections kind of made me think yeah how do you like uh, american elections are worse than third world countries now oh that's tough yeah i remember um whenever donald trump was running for president we actually had to go do a baltic tour so we're in like lithuania estonia and latvia Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And they thought we were having just this big ass clown show here in America because you got this guy named Donald Trump who's like this billionaire reality star running for president mm-hmm. going out there. Now oh, it's yeah, they're they're just laughing at us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. What is this? Uh, the juice says the rumor is when U.S. digital currency comes out, they're gonna give you eighty percent on the dollar um where where are you guys on like crypto stuff were you guys into crypto i know crypto took like uh big falls today you this guys buy crypto get, you gotta buy the dip man you gotta buy the dip yeah, yeah you're supposed <laughs> to buy the dip but uh <laughs> you just never know when it is that's the problem yeah i grew up a little differently where you go out and get it and flip it and hustle and yeah like you know you get that for sure money mm-hmm. so i they go get that for sure and not you mm-hmm. know play with the market yeah, mm-hmm. now, I might have a couple of friends, but like, hey, here's you know, ten bands. Let me make something for me and bring it back. But like me mm-hmm. myself, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, so you don't you don't get involved in crypto? No, I don't. Okay, what about you? Oh, okay, not yet. Okay, what about you? Uh, uh, yeah, I've got a little bit. Nothing, nothing like substantial like that. If if I lose it all, it would be like, man, that sucks. I lost a few thousand bucks, but it's yeah. not like gonna cripple me. But, so uh, is but it if, Bitcoin? But if I gain, I make a crap load of money. <laughs> is it? Do you? So. Was it Bitcoin you got into? Doge, uh, Ethereum? Uh, what are you? Uh, mostly Bitcoin. Bitcoin's really the only one that's worth everything. Everything else is just to play around if you're willing to throw mm-hmm. it in there and mm-hmm. try to make some money off of it quick. And and you want to take the risk, you can go ahead and do that. But none mm-hmm. of them are really, besides maybe Ethereum, are really made for anything else because they're usually like a token that somebody can control and then they can create their own thing and uh they're like basically inflationary currencies which bitcoin Mm -hmm. was made to be deflationary so it has a finite amount Mm -hmm. so it's it's almost like gold like this is the only amount of bitcoins that can ever be created with the algorithm or this amount and that's it Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really have any other purpose ethereum can be used for like different things not just money you can run like programs on ethereum Mm -hmm. blockchain and all that stuff 
but uh and a lot of them are just like smart contracts where again you can just use them to run different program softwares and encrypt data um so i, I think bitcoin is kind of the one that if you're gonna if you're only gonna choose one that you want to get into it's probably bitcoin but i mean mm -hmm. it's I, I can't give you financial advice it's all risky it's yeah. like the stock market or gold or anything like that i think that it's as legitimate as anything else to be honest with you because mm -hmm. um gold is not going to do me any good if the world ends because i can't eat it and it's really heavy and you could if i don't have bullets you know somebody with bullets can just take away your gold mm -hmm. if you don't have any um property is more valuable because you have an area to defend uh but again somebody can still take that away from you bitcoin they can't really take it away from you they can't do anything with it so it's it's a little bit different uh, but it's just another, it's another thing. Like if you got yeah. the money to spare, like throw it in there, but buy all that stuff, buy bullets, buy land, uh, buy food, take care of yourself and your family, educate yourself on survival and being self-sufficient. And that's more important. And then whichever one of your contingency plans you got to go to, if Bitcoin's the one you got, you'll be happy that you have it. Yeah. And if, if there's if there's an internet, that, I mean, Bitcoin uh, yeah, depends that's the problem on you having an internet <laughs> mm -hmm. to be able to go so, to yeah. and cash that out, and someone giving a damn. <laughs> yep. That it's still, but but look, all all legal tender that's out there is imaginary. People, I don't yeah. think understand the concept of money. I mean, it's all a lot of things that we have are imaginary. Mm hmm. Well, I was yeah. I was going to bring this up earlier, and it's something I talked about on our podcast this week. It's I mm -hmm. actually heard it on Tim Pool's podcast. Mm -hmm. It's called the something called the Triffin Dilemma, and I encourage everyone to look it up. And I'm, I'm I won't Triffin, go too deeply Triffin into Dilemma. It. Okay. Yeah, T R I F F I N. Mm -hmm. So pretty much is people may or may not know that after World War II, pretty much the U.S. dollar became the global reserve currency. So every every other currency in the world is based off the US dollar, most prices, oil, all that stuff is based on the US dollar. Um, what the Triffin Dilemma kind of uh, states is that because the US dollar is the global currency and it's also our currency here in the United States, there will always be a conflict between domestic and global policy for a country that has the global reserve currency. So essentially, a lot of people always complain, like I used to think this too, I was like, why do we keep sending so much money overseas Mm -hmm. And we have all these problems here in the United States. And the Triffin Dilemma explains that. It basically says we essentially have to pay off the entire world and give them dollars so that they use dollars. And as long as they use dollars, that makes us the superpower and it makes the dollar dominant. Mm -hmm. So we have to keep sending money overseas if we want that. So the Triffin Dilemma basically says you have a choice. Either you start investing in your country and your factories but that means that your dollar now has to compete against everyone else's dollars. So that gives China an opening uh, and, and obviously the European Union with the euro to take the dollar off. And now the dollar has to compete against everybody else. Mm -hmm. But that means that we can bring resources back home. The dollar increases in value domestically and Americans are more prosperous at home. But when you kind of understand that and you read a little bit more, now it makes sense of like, why do the elites do what they do? Why do we why do we go to wars overseas? Why do we send so much foreign aid that seems unnecessary? And it's like it's because of this. This mm -hmm. is the only way that the U.S. can stay on top. Mm -hmm. And yeah, currency, currency is the currency of the realm. <laughs> yeah. And pretty that, much the yeah. U.S. military has to maintain its power because where we started having issues is that because we started giving dollars to everybody else, it was pretty much like, we're going to give you dollars, buy bonds, and then spend that money buying our own products. So we were hoping to keep a circular thing of 
the dollars are always in circulation. Then countries like China started realizing, well, you're giving us this money. Why would I use it to enrich you? I'm going to use these these dollars to build stuff in China. Mm -hmm. And we started getting pissed off. But I mean, as much as I dislike the Chinese and I hate the communists, what did you expect them to do? Everyone's like, fighting for gonna, their own. For their yeah, own if you're going to give yeah. me free money, I'm going to spend it on myself. I'm not going to spend it to benefit you. So even even Trump used to say that he's like the Chinese bamboozle us all the time. He's like, it's not their fault. They're taking advantage of us. We're the ones that are too stupid to to change the trade deals. He's like, of course, they're going to do that. Mm -hmm. And Just I was the game. Like, that's absolutely true. I was yeah. like, that's what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, read up on it. It's crazy. Change my perspective. It makes a lot of things that you think that people are being greedy or why is the U.S. doing this and it doesn't make sense. It's because of this this issue. Like if you yeah. want to maintain our dominance, the dollar's got to be in circulation. If not, then we got to compete against everybody else. Yeah. And we were able to do that because after World War II, everybody else was basically blown to hell and the U.S. was nice and clean. So now yeah. the chickens are kind of coming home to roost. Now everybody else's countries have had like 60 years to get their crap together, rebuild, and we have to compete. So it's like, well, we don't want to compete. Just use our dollars. Mm -hmm. You know, it sounds kind of cynical. Uh, it sounds unpatriotic, but it's kind of true. And sometimes you just got to face it like that. That separates. That's a separate reality from your politics or how you feel about things. That's just economic reality mm -hmm. and the situation that we're in. And sometimes you have to explain like there's a reason why. There's a reason why the dogs are barking every night. You might as well check. There's probably a noise. This is mm -hmm. this, that's what's going on here. There's mm -hmm. something weird going on. This is the explanation. Yeah. What so. do you think about that, Javier? Sorry, I went deep I, there. No, no, <laughs> it's good, man. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, I'm gonna dig mm -hmm. into that. You know, um, yeah. Yeah. what what I get out of it is, you know, you enforce your currency with force. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. that's just the reality of what happens. Like, why is your currency valuable? Because as human mm -hmm. beings, without currency, without money, we trade things, right? Yep. And, and uh, getting off the gold standard exacerbated the issue. If you look at that, uh, Wikipedia is questionable sometimes, mm -hmm. but if you look mm -hmm. at that, it also talks about in 1933, I didn't know this, there was an executive order, I think it was like 3602 or something, mm -hmm. with FDR. And basically, it gave them the power to seize all the gold from American citizens. And the federal government seized all the gold from American citizens and compensated them. Sounds like a buyback. So they mm -hmm. bought back the gold. They paid $20 an ounce. And then once the U.S. government got all the gold, because they had the most gold in the world, they then said, oh, now gold's worth $35 an ounce. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> How can they but do such a thing? But mysteriously right now, um, gold is not backing the dollar or anything like that. So oh, I know, that? but that's where what they did in 33. Yeah. So it was, just, it was just crazy. Well, once they yeah. realized it's like, well, there's not enough gold to back it up. Uh, I think France sent like a warship to New York basically and said, we're going to take our gold back. And the U.S. is kind of like, well, we can't have this happening. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. so let's get off the gold standard. Now your gold is pointless. Like you can take yeah. it, but it's 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 not tied to the dollar anymore. Yeah. So it's not as powerful. So whoever so. did you have you guys seen um, Goldfinger, the movie Goldfinger? This should be. Yes. Yeah. yeah. OK, so that He's was trying all to take over Fort Knox. Yeah, that was all about Fort Knox and the gold being in Fort Knox. Right. In America. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing is, where is that gold? I heard there's no uh, gold there. Yeah, yeah I mean, where, but where yeah. is it? What did it like evaporate? You know, I, I know <laughs> a lot of countries. A lot of countries took their gold back on the DL. I think mm -hmm. that the Federal Reserve in New York City actually has more gold than Fort Knox now, and has most of our gold. But 
I don't know. Gold is like once they got off the, the standard, like, huh? Yeah. All the all the rappers got it now. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, well, they're they might be smart. They yeah. yeah, yeah, they are. That might turn out. No, to I mean, be genius. Yeah, jewelry and diamonds and gold—that's like a hard asset. That's like a traditionally, you know, that's a smart asset. Again, mm -hmm. it kind of comes down to like, how bad do you think it's going to get? If it's going to be an economic crisis, then yeah, definitely those hard assets are great. If you think it's going to be a depression, mm -hmm. if it's going to be a boogaloo, man, gold ain't going to save you at all. <laughs> no. As far as I'm concerned, you're going to need food and you're going to need guns and, and knowledge and the right people more than anything else. And then afterwards, if you rebuild society, then you can decide mm -hmm. if gold is worth something. But that's mm -hmm. how I think it is. But like I said, you got to hedge everything. Like buy it all if you can get it all. Yeah. Um, Balance it out. This is what I mm -hmm. would say. Balance it out. And uh, if you're a person looking at this, you should be a balanced person. It's not all about gold. It's not all about guns and ammo. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's you've got to spread everything out, right? It's not. And you got to think. A, lo a lot uh, of Americans think all their wealth is in their home. It's not all about mm -hmm. your home. You know. No. It's a good thing. And you got to think all about that. And you got to think about your human resources too. Like Javier talked about what an awesome team he's got at HTX Tactical and how he has certain strengths. He's got the a guy that does Cerakote. He's got somebody that works the machines there. And you've got guys on the sales floor. You need a team. And it's the same thing when it comes to this. You need to make sure like so many dudes are preppers and they're, up, they're by themselves in the mountain. It's like, well, that's great if you're there like one or two people. But what if like 60 dudes show up and take your stuff? Like mm -hmm. then you're screwed. It doesn't matter how many guns you have. You only have two hands. Mm -hmm. um, so... You know, you, you need to know people so that you're ready if, if bad things happen or if you're in a crisis, even if it's just an economic crisis, you've got your neighborhood together, your community, the people that you can go to and take care of one another if bad things happen. And that's yeah. more important than pretty much anything else. And I think people take it for granted sometimes, especially yeah. nowadays, they try to divide us and you forget that your neighbor might be your best resource. Mm -hmm. So I would agree with that. I would agree mm -hmm. with that. And if 60 dudes are going to show up, you uh, the only thing that you have that's going to help you is the fear of death for those dudes. Yeah, pretty that's much. It. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So uh, mm -hmm. there's a there's a there's a bug in here. That's why I'm I'm, try I'm trying to get that thing. Um, yeah, man. I, you know, we could get really super deep with it. Um, I don't know if the folks out there are necessarily ready for that. What questions <laughs> do you have? What questions do you guys have have out there? We've uh, We've got Javier here. He's uh, he's got a gun store, you know. He, they make some really cool guns. What do you guys? Well, or Javier, what questions do you have for us, man? I know you guys are sometimes, you know, you're you're busy there making stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I appreciate y'all. Uh, I like everything that both of you guys mm -hmm. are saying. Um, mm -hmm. I, I have a lot of associates in the gun world. I have mm -hmm. too many friends because to me, it's it gets kind of weird. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I thought the hip hop looked weird. <laughs> oh, they got their own clicks over here. Yeah, yeah. At least they would fight and then get over it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll mm -hmm. with that part. But mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Just going like, I'm sure y'all been in shot show many a times, and mm -hmm. you see it. It's a, it's, uh, it's weird to me. I Funny. think it's weird to me too. I don't know about Rolando. Yeah, it kind of makes me think of the car community. It can get really weird sometimes. Like it's mm -hmm. it's it can get uh, dramatic in like high school. Mm -hmm. uh, is the best way to put it. it. It makes me think of cars and they're kind of similar where they're like traditionally masculine kind of communities. There's a lot of, I guess, um, to be really crude, there's a lot of dick waving that mm -hmm. goes along and things like that when it comes to a bunch of dudes going around and trying to show things off and trying to show who's the toughest or who's got like, uh, you know, the best stuff and, and peacocking. 
So I think the gun community has a lot of that. Uh, I mean, my wife and I are pretty much new into it. She's got a totally different perspective as a woman um, and, and kind of how that is. So it's interesting. I like it. There's a lot of good people, but there's a oh, lot of interesting sure. people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I've met some of the best people that I've ever met in my life in the gun community. And I've also met some people that I would be like, I don't want to, I, I would never want to see that person again, but it's right. definitely more, more, definitely, uh, definitely much more positive, overwhelmingly positive. I would yeah. say so far. Yeah. But, have you, have you been running into some stuff Javier? I mean, I'm not trying to get you to like, uh, no, 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 like not, personally, not personally call anyone just, out or anything. Just, uh, mm-hmm. just people watching, mm-hmm. you know, stories from different people. And it was like, mm-hmm. and you see it too. It's like, Oh, so-and-so talks to them. So I can't talk to them. Like mm-hmm. and you, if you follow us, you know, I say it in whether it's a post or a story is like, man, I don't care about what any other gun shop does or any influencer. Mm-hmm. I was like, we we don't even have time to even worry about that. We're focused on what we're doing. And if you've seen just recently, I shout out some other gun shops in Houston. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, they're competition in a sense as far as business. But I mean, if they're yeah. cool people, they're cool people. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, that's what it's about. And, and you need that. It's just and I think the gun community, we already have it hard. You know, mm-hmm. with media, politics and all that, it's like, we don't need more separation. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a crack. Like somebody, mm-hmm. yeah, like them for a reason. Like, they did some ho-ass shit or, mm-hmm. you know, screw yeah. them over. Or, you you know, guys need like to that. put that on a t-shirt, man. Mm-hmm. Don't do don't do ho ass shit. You know? Yeah. It sounds, like boo- it, it sounds like the boo. It sounds like the boondocks. What is it the kid on the boondocks used to say all the time that, uh. What man? I can't remember the boon the. Um, it's been forever since I've seen that show. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was something the kid on the Boondocks used to say, and that cracked me up every time. He's it's something like that. Like this is some whole ass shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think the problem the problem with that is this is the scarcity mentality, um, and it's a human being thing, right? But it's just a scarcity. It's like people thinking what you just said, like people think, oh, there's only so much of this pie and I'm going to be, I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be wary of everyone. I'm going to hate everyone. I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm going to feel like I have to s- defend this and there's not a big thing. This is a big, massive thing that we have, but we're not getting success the way that we would see it because most people, I think in the gun community, not everyone, I'm not saying everyone, I'm not saying every company, but a lot of people have this scarcity mentality. And and what sure. I mean what I mean by that, they think there's just a limited thing when there is no limits to this. Yeah, even for instance, like I was with some some big people in the industry that's been in here way longer than I have. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'll get DMs and they're like, you mm-hmm. know what? I tell my managers or whatever to watch you know, what y'all do so we can copy your style. So that's how you should promote in the gun industry. I didn't get offended. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't get offended. That is like, I know you can try to copy it or, but you, you don't have us mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You know, we're the key parts of this, right? Um, even though we're all hip hop and that's our background, there's never once where we said we're a hip hop gun shop and you should buy hip hop mm-hmm. guns from like, we don't need to say that. Mm-hmm. And while you are doing that, we're already 10 steps ahead doing something else or coming yeah. up with some. You know, and that's what a B-boy is, mm-hmm. like, especially in the 90s. The 90 B-boys, like, you had to have your own style. If somebody tried to copy you, you're going to battle. And if it mm-hmm. got heated, you're going to fight. And then that's it. I mean, that was 90s. But now that we have social media, a lot of people look the same as far mm-hmm. as, like, moves or whatever the case may be. Now, there's still some innovative people. 
but they're some of the top ones in the game now. Mm-hmm. And so you got to figure out how to separate yourself. But I mean, you know, I take it as a compliment mm-hmm. and move. Forward. Yeah, I think everyone, um, I think people, everything's a formula now. And everyone just wants to follow the formula. And I think, for example, since the time I've met you, which I think was on stage when Maj did something, I don't know if that was the last SHOT Show or the one before that. I can't remember. Was that the last SHOT Show that Maj yeah. did that? Yeah, the diversity panel. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I, I was there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are uniquely yourself, Javier, right? Mm-hmm. So you are who you are. This, this is you. This is your style. This is like how you live and breathe. You know, <laughs> you probably go to sleep with this attitude. <laughs> you wake up with it. Right. And and so to you, it's not a formula. I don't think it's or it's not a formula that you could see people looking at it. They're trying to formalize it and put it into, oh, OK, this is a, this must be the system of what's going on here versus like, no, this is who you are. This is like who you were born, where you grew up, how you how you picked yourself up by the bootstraps and climbed out of that and the things that you had to do, how you had to discipline yourself and the rules that you had to learn about the game. All of that stuff, if you put it together, it creates who you are and it should create each individual person. But now, because of social media, everyone just sees their perceived success. <laughs> People forget that everything you're looking at is all shiny and not real you know, and photoshopped and all that. And then they just come up with a formula that, that makes a gap. Like you jump from, you jump from A to Z. There's nothing in between that, that makes you what you are and who you are makes you different. And when I look at the gun world, I see that all the time, man. Everyone's trying to do the same thing, not realizing you're making a different gun from these guys. You know, Mm -hmm. you're a different uh, second amendment, uh, pro second amendment organization from this one. You know, everyone's just trying to follow, oh, this is the path to success. This, If NRA did this, everyone should be like NRA. Well, that's that's not working out so good for them right now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I think, you know, the the true diversity is the one that already naturally exists there. And what we should do is like celebrate it. I get like I've seen a lot of people. My, my biggest thing that I saw from a negative side in the gun community when I first started doing this is mostly people wondering about whether or not it was genuine. So I think like if maybe, maybe there's folks out there who think the prototype is like some white guy, some old white guy. And if you're not that, then they think, okay, is this person genuine about what they're saying that they are? Because uh, I don't see this. I, I would hope that right now, when people look around the gun community, that has gone away. We've got everyone in the gun community, right? The whatever mm-hmm. what, the representation of the world is in the gun community. So you know, and for sure, there could be people who are faking it. I, I think I come across some of those people from time to time. Oh wait, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, somebody sent me a video yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know this guy personally, and he did some. He's considered, or he considers himself a con, an instructor. Mm-hmm. With like a live person there and then shooting metal targets and then giving bad information Uh-oh. and you're just like bro what the fuck <laughs> yeah i have now, no idea who this out. is but there's some people there's yeah this happens oh. from time to time and i mean he you know he looks the part mm-hmm. as far as like an urban cat and so people who don't know shit about it and you seem like oh okay this guy knows what he's talking about i'm gonna go take his class mm-hmm. and just not knowing like bro you trust me you don't want to take that class Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
even now I get offered all the time, hey, come take my class, come do this. And for me, just because I know myself, I like to do things at a very high level. Like mm-hmm. if you're not like a special forces or Jerry or like one of these guys, like I'm not taking your class. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'll just go shoot my own and train my own self. Mm-hmm. But if you're like somebody at a super high level or who's did something with your life, like there's mm-hmm. no reason for me to take your class. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I understand that. The people have to prove to you that, you know, that they have something to impart, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think one of the things we're seeing a lot when it comes to that, you guys can tell me what you think about this. I think there's a big fake it till you make it in the gun community as well. And a lot of things that exist, but I think in the gun community, that's a big thing. I, th- I think there's just a, m- a misconception with social media that people think it's, it's like a get rich quick scheme mm-hmm. and that it doesn't take work and effort. So you see the product of a lot of skilled people that make it look easy. I, like I was talking about this with Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, today that there's like I, I listen to a lot of different podcasts that have nothing to do with guns or anything mm-hmm. like that and, and other things and there's this one guy that I watch and I was like man this dude's got like three podcasts and he does like two YouTube channels and then he's like I have a producer that makes this stuff for him that edits my videos I was like oh well no wonder okay I was like there's no <laughs> way that this dude could do this mm-hmm. I was like because I think of like I, I think of the time that it does to do one show sometimes it's like well do that every week then go out and film stuff you know, like what you do. And it's mm-hmm. like that either takes more time than you have or you're producing content every single day, like two videos a day and they take mm-hmm. multiple editing and they're like 20 or 30 minutes. I was like, okay, so you got to have an editor. So mm-hmm. people don't think about that sometimes. They're like, oh, it's just this one dude and you can do everything. And it's like, no way, yeah, man. You have, it is like, you have a team. Yeah, and if you it is like, yeah, and if it is, look how much content he's producing and how long he's going to survive before he burns out. Mm-hmm. Like you, you gotta have you, you gotta draw balance. I was like, if they're making like two, two, three videos a week, okay, then maybe one guy can do it. But if they're doing like multiple podcasts and doing a video every day, I was like, come on, like this is this is a, a living now. It's not easy, mm-hmm. and it doesn't take just technical knowledge. I mean, yeah, we can all watch videos, and if you're disciplined, you learn how to edit, you learn how to do stuff. But it still takes, uh, you know, people have to like you. <laughs> At the end yeah. of the day, it still works. I mean, you can buy all the yeah, you can buy all the equipment in the world, and if people don't like your message, if you don't have anything good to say, or if your style isn't good, like you know, again to go back to Javier's uh, IG page, there's a lot of gun shops that post photos of their guns. They've got nice guns, but do they do the nice, you know, 360 pan zoom there, the extra effort there to theme to have a little like diorama going on with the gun like that? That makes a difference. And that's effort that goes in that people might take for granted because once you do something, you make it seem like it comes easy, but it's like anything else. It's like LeBron James makes basketball look easy. Yeah, he's blessed with obviously skills, but like any other athlete, if you don't put the time and the effort, okay, great. You're not going to go as far as the other dude that that may have a little bit less natural talent, but he puts a thousand percent all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's like even when I was teaching workshops like dancing. Like, oh, yeah. teach me a windmill, teach me flair, you know, <laughs> make it look easy. But I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, you got to do baby steps. Mm-hmm. First, you mm-hmm. need to learn the freeze. You got to learn your balance. You, can you do this part? And you got to build your core, your strength. And there's so much that goes into it. Obviously, we make it look super easy, but it, mm-hmm. it's not easy. And you have to do mm-hmm. a lot of people, like you said, they want to go from A to Z or, you know, get rich scheme. And, you know, you, mm-hmm. I want longevity in whatever I do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Quick money would be super nice, like anybody else, but like I want long money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Slow money. Slow money is the best money. Yeah. yeah. Plus, it gives you the discipline. 
Yeah. Yeah. It gives you the discipline, the appreciation. Cause if you get that money quick, a lot of most people blow it all because they don't, they, it, they didn't have the effort uh, yeah. and the blood, sweat and tears that went into that. And they don't have that appreciation. Yeah. They're like, Oh, Tal- well, if I got it this easy, then I can get it anytime I want. Yeah. Talent is not enough. I mean, if just to look at the hip hop world before we start wrapping everything up here, if you look at the hip hop world recently, we lost, we lost some people and I'm not, I'm not talking about them. But if you look at this, it's not enough in anything to be to have talent. You have to put in hard work. So you could you could get lucky and and blow up and have a hit song or whatever and make a ton of money off of that song. But if you don't have the work ethic to put into this, you don't get to do this for a long time. Okay, you're going to disappear. You are going to wind up, you know, taking a bunch of drugs or whatever to create a fake reality. But the real reality of that person who's really making it is the hard work that goes into it. This is the reason if you look at people, I don't know 50 Cent, but if you look at someone like that, the reason why he's still around is hard work. He did. It's not luck to become an actor and then people start giving you money and you're producing shows or doing movies or doing whatever. It's You have to repeat. You have to work with people and deliver to them what you say you're going to deliver over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um so there's this one question, Scorched Earth. Our friend Rod Mills has a question. He says, Hank asks where they're at in H-Town. I'll come by and check him out in September. So I'm guessing he's talking about the NRA um, event that's happening, right? That's happening in Houston. Where yeah, are, it is happening. Yeah. So how close do you, are you going to be um, there at that event? How far are you from yeah, that? What, if exactly? I'm in town, I'll definitely be there. Okay. All right. What so? What part? Just to answer that question for. Um, uh, so the NRA that's usually in downtown at the George R. Brown Convention Center. I'm assuming that's where it's going to be at. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the few have been when they came to Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in town. Our shop's probably like 10, 15 minutes from there. That's not okay. too far. Yeah, absolutely. So you just want to look up. Uh, you just want to look up uh, HTX Tactical. So there's a lot of fake ones out there. The best way to get to our address. To actually go to our Instagram, uh, we are Shadow Band. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've probably been Shadow Band for the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, they deleted Facebook, but our, our real address is in there. Uh, we just moved locations, so if you try to Google HX Tactical, a couple fake ones have come up. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah. I mean, you know how it goes whenever you start doing stuff. Yeah, have you considered, because I'm not sure if I'm going to do the NRA thing or not. Uh, I don't have a lot of enthusiasm for it. But have you considered maybe having some kind of event around HTX, uh, the NRA thing so going I, on? I think, so let me tell you the, what, what's cool about, at least from the last NRA mm-hmm. event I went to, Dallas. Like all the cool homies showed up and you really got to hang out. It's not like a shot show where it's so big and you're passing each other by and you're trying to link up, but you can't. Whereas this is a lot smaller. You actually get to chill with the homies. Mm-hmm. And all the more homies are there versus mm-hmm. that now. As far as higher up in the organization, I mean, they have their own problems that they're dealing mm-hmm. with um, trying to come here. But I think it definitely brings people a lot closer together mm-hmm. um, as far as unity. Yeah, that's the one thing I like about it. That's why I wish there was other things. And maybe, maybe like, I, you know, I don't want to paint you guys into a corner on doing that. But maybe <laughs> for some businesses that are there, if this goes down, it would be a more attractive thing if businesses were like, hey, we're going to have this little get together. We're going to do this here or there, you know, have everyone come through and just hang out kind of a thing. Because I'm with that, man. If, if I'm around, I'm totally down to promote folks like yourself or other people. 
yeah. I mean, for one, I mean, you can check out our new shop, which is pretty dope. And then mm-hmm. we have a private range that we shoot at, and obviously we're SOT as well, so we got mm-hmm. the, we got a lot of fun toys to go play yeah. with. So we can actually send something yeah. up and go out there, blow some Tannerite, and I mean, yeah, absolutely, yeah. If you just if you want if you want to fake it till you make it on your Instagram, you could go there and just take a bunch of pictures, I guess. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> with I some badass. Uh, one of my guys told me he's like. Do you know like this this white redheaded person that worked for us? I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's nobody that worked for us like that. He goes, I know. He goes, but they now they're working at another gun shop and saying they worked for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I hear stories all the time about people saying they're part of. And I mean, I, I get it. I know how it yeah. goes, but it's that's like, how you know you're fresh, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when everyone wants to bite you, that's you know, uh, American we got a very diverse group of guys that work mm-hmm. with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, not by design that's just kind of how it happened mm-hmm. uh, so yeah like talking and making fun of each other and all that hx is definitely place to go absolutely american gun chick is shouting you out she says uh javier in the house what up uh what up? and she's late shout out to american gun chick she's also in uh, your area she's in the houston area isn't she yeah, i think recently up. her and her that her and her i don't know husband or somebody mm-hmm. they, they moved incorrect I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what their situation is, you know. Um, but, uh, yes, you're talking about Joe. American uh, American gun guy. <laughs> I don't know what the, what the hell are we supposed to call Joe. I don't know. Someone's going to have to tell me. I'm horrible with names. American house husband. I don't know. I don't know. What, what, I don't know. Okay, Joe, I'm just... I'm just messing with you, bro. <laughs> yeah, now I'm gonna hear from him on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could just, uh, yes, I can hear it now. Uh, shout out to the crazy Scotsman. So listen, we're gonna wrap this up. I do want to remind everyone that we're not doing so. There's no show Thursday or Friday. Um, we are gonna do a show next Monday, but I'm going to the IV 88 88 event this weekend, and then I'm getting on the road. So. Um, that show next Monday we're going to do from the road, and then there's going to be a bunch of different things going up. So just uh, be on the lookout for that. But we we will be traveling, so it's not going to be like a normal schedule. You guys can still check out episodes and things like that that you haven't checked out, or find us on um, the other channels like Stranger Palooza or Hank Strange. Um, you know, if you're looking for us here, so uh, or hit me up on social media or any other things that I have out there for you guys to do. So you said you got a car channel. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. It's called Stranger Palooza. So we got some badass cars too. So you know. We oh, can... sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Um, I need to come through and, and hang out with you guys sometime. That's uh, why. So I'm actually doing. This is the van that I'm doing it from, and I don't know from the last time I think you came on, we were in a studio. So I'm. This is actually like a van that I'm in. So I have like a big okay. Ford Transit van here, and that's my nice. studio now. So it's kind of like I can roll around, man. I'm mobile. Um, nice. so that, that's how we're, that's how we're doing things. So I definitely, uh, I'm going to make some plans to come through and, uh, and see you guys. American gun chick is tickled by that. We got to find out yeah. what Joe's status is. I don't know. So make it official. <laughs> <laughs> so we know what exactly what it is. Or Joe. Yeah. Um, so listen, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start with Rolando. If you could just tell the folks out there how they can find you, Rolando, Puerto Rican Pistolero, how can they find you? What are you up to? How can people support you? Yes, uh, you can uh, find me at Puerto Rican Pistolero on all the social medias. Uh, you can uh, check out our podcast every Sunday at 7 p.m. on YouTube. My wife and I do it, the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast. 
Uh, you can look her up. She's Latina Locked N with the letter N loaded. Uh, we are going to be at uh, Kevin Dixie's Train and Learn event uh, next week. It's uh, from Thursday to uh, the following Monday. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably, uh, if we can do a show from there, we'll do it. Uh, if not, we'll definitely interview a lot of people and record a lot of content with all the people that are going to be there. Um, so should be in should be a really awesome crowd. So looking forward to that. Yes, absolutely. I see Edward Andrews says Indiana bound. Yes, we're going to be in the general Indiana vicinity somewhere. I might even crash. I might even crash that Kevin Dixie thing. Not making any promises, but I'll probably do that. <laughs> I'm, de- I'm, def- I'm going to definitely be in Georgia. I know that. Um, mm-hmm. Just so for people who are interested. Okay, so listen, Javier, just tell the folks out there, how can they support you? Where's the different places they can find you and communicate with you? Yeah, um, basically just Instagram is what we got left. You know, they took Facebook away from us. Uh, we're shadow banned, but HTX Tactical, the real ones, got the gold logo. Uh, HTX Tactical TVs are backup. Uh, it's got a blue logo on there. Um, and if you know me personally, or my guys, you know we do a lot for the community even before this gun shit. Um, so we always post what we do for the community, whether it's uh, toy drive, going back to school, or if like big storms happen, hurricanes or whatnot, we go out in the community and try to help out. So um, that's how you can help us out. Uh, just kind of just get involved with that. But uh, just everybody stay safe out there for sure. Yeah. So I should have picked up on this earlier. Um, so with your, when did you, when did you guys lose your Facebook? Oh, that was probably a couple of years ago. Oh, a couple of years ago. Damn. Okay. Yeah. We tried to make a new one and then like a couple hours later, they're like, nope, that's like your old one. And so hmm. and we're huh. getting a lot of and we we follow all the bullshit ass rules from no pricing no gun sales and i mean we try to switch it up we try to do everything and it's mm-hmm. nothing's working oh okay all right yeah because um i know that there's some you know resources of people who try to help folks when they get their uh facebook pages deleted and stuff like that over um gun stuff so maybe i i don't know i don't i'm not sure whether or not those people can help you guys right. out huh yeah Log me in and see what we can do. Yeah, um, yeah, we should see if we could try to like behind the scenes hook, uh, link you up with some people that know about that, so we could uh, figure that out. I don't know if you know John Crump from uh, Gun Owners of America, but maybe we we need to work on something like that and see if we can get you guys back somehow on Facebook. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's that's definitely a place that you know I I, I don't like any of these things, but we need to be on them. So. Mm-hmm. We need to fight and help uh, keep each other on these things. All right, so listen, big shout-out to Harry's Holsters. I'm going to run in the end, and I'm going to come right back, and someone's going to drop the words of wisdom. Should we make it Javier? We should Javier. It. Yeah, so we, Javier's going to drop some words of wisdom on us. I'm going to roll in the end right now. Big thanks to everyone for hanging out here with us. It's not too late to smash the thumbs-ups. Uh, uh, you know, I appreciate that from everyone. So uh, let's run in the end right now. All right, guys, make sure you smash those thumbs ups, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. Uh, We're going to rip the audio out of this and throw this up on iTunes and all the other places you get your audio podcast from. Remember to go check out U.S. Law Shield. We have a link in the description. Whether you're listening on audio or watching here live, you guys can save some money and help send uh, some shekels in our direction. Uh, Everyone stay be good out there. Javier, hit us with some words of wisdom, my brother. Yeah, I'll tell you what I tell everybody else, especially when I do workshops. Work hard. Be a good person. If you can help somebody out, help them out. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do that, we'll be a better world. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what we all need to do. Everyone can help someone out. All right. So listen, we'll see you guys uh, next Monday. Big thanks to Javier of HTX Tactical as well as Rolando of Puerto Rican Pistolero Latino Locked and Loaded. Did I get that? I got it right, right? Locked and loaded Latinos. Locked. See, seriously. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I messed it up. Yeah, you'll, get it know, one day. you'll get it one day. <laughs> my bad. Wepa. Right, exactly. <laughs> we will, we're out of here. We'll see you guys. Peace. Hey. Take care.